The intermediate line-off is a language and concept warning for the entire show. The opinions of the guests may not be shared by the opinions of the Intermediate Line podcast. The Intermediate Line is brought to you by NervousWater.com.au. Thomas and Thomas Fly Rods, Shilton Fly Reels and Call and Fly Lines. Power Pole, Total Boat Control. Ketterfly Apparel, from time on the water to you. Beast Brushes, we stay in our lane of experience to improve your experience. Welcome back, listeners, and um, so on today's episode, I am joined by a friend of mine called August West. How are you, August? Hey, man. How you doing? I'm doing Thanks good. Uh, man, I'm stoked to have you. I've been, uh, been, been um, you know, we've been chatting for a while. Um, we've got very like-minded views um, with, uh, with our fly passions, and um, now I'm hoping we can, uh, we can have a bit of a, a chat about that today and, and share some inspiration with those who are also into, you know, the type of flies that you and I tie. Um, and yeah, we can get from there. But before we get in there, I just want to address the elephant in the room. You may not know, but uh, I've usually got a co-host with this, but uh, he's away at the moment. Volti um, is his name. And what he does is annually he goes away and gets all of his Instagram pictures in one or two weeks. And that's what he's doing <laughs> right now. <laughs> that's yeah. a good way to do it. Yeah. So he goes, yeah, he goes away, goes up north, goes fishing, pigs out. And then we just, we don't stop fucking hearing about it for another year. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. So, so August, uh, mate, let's, um, let's, let's introduce you to the listeners here a bit, mate. Um, so whereabouts, whereabouts are you from, mate? Let's, people can tell from the accent, but like, let's not assume anything. <laughs> yeah. I'm, uh, uh, I'm American. Obviously I was, uh, born on the East coast of America in, uh, New Jersey. I grew up in New Jersey and then, uh, I kind of moved around all over the place, you know. I live uh, in Minnesota now. I live in the upper Midwest. Oh, yeah. So, cool. Yeah. Yep. Um, how long have you lived in lived there for? Like five years now. Oh, okay. So that yeah. would um, that'd probably explain, you know, a lot of your – I mean, I'm, I'm gonna, not going to dive right into it right now, but, I mean, just interesting to hear that. I didn't know that, even though we've been speaking for a little while. I guess, you know, that – that influence of your fly tying, you know, was, uh, would would make a little bit of sense. New Jersey is sort of the the hub of um, of pop flies, really. You know, like uh, Bob's from there, right, as well, isn't he? Mm-hmm. I, I believe. Yep. Um, yes. Yeah, and uh, so pretty heavily influenced. Did you did you start having an influence? Oh, we are going to dive right here by the looks of it, but um, <laughs> um, did that? Did you, you fly time while you were living in Jersey? 
No. No, I didn't. I uh, I never even fly fished in New Jersey. Oh, hey, cool. I uh, yeah, I uh, I used to uh, growing up. I would like um, ate fish a lot. I was always into fishing. You know, with yeah. my grandfather, he, he installed a, a love of fishing in me. He used to take. I was raised with my grandfather. My dad yeah. wasn't around, uh, yeah, cool. so my my grandfather uh, he, he he raised me. Yeah, and he uh, yeah we used to you know go catch bluegill and and do stuff. You know, caught a stock trout one time. You know, yeah. and then awesome he got to eat it for dinner he was happy yeah. about that uh <laughs> so yeah um and uh you know and everywhere i lived all over the place you know i lived in florida down in florida for a while i was fishing down there too you know mm. but it wasn't until i moved here that i actually picked up a fly rod and started fly fishing and fly time actually that all happened at the same time oh, okay uh, yeah it might, like it, there must have been there must have been a chicken before the egg at once at, with it, like slightly though right which what, the fishing got you into the fly tying or the fly tying? Because I've heard both ways before. Well, what had happened was there was a, a big box store, sporting goods store, that was uh, I was patronizing. It was in, in the town down the street. And they all of a sudden, I went there one day and they were going out of business. So they like started progressively each week lowering the percentage of the sale. So like it was like, you know, the first week it was like 10% off everything in the store. Mm. The next week it was 20, then 30, then 40. And then fit. by the time it was like 60 and 70% and even it got to like 90%, I was just buying everything, you know, because mm. everything was just so freaking cheap, dude. It was crazy. Yeah. So uh, I bought like a little, you know, uh, Shakespeare fly rod combination combo and uh, some fly tying materials. And uh, actually my first place I built by myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a couple of vice grips and some stuff, and I tied my first flies watching some YouTube videos. And <laughs> nice. uh, those were the first flies that I fished. Because even honestly, I'm, I'm not kidding you, man. I looked at the flies that came with the like you know thirty dollar fly rod combo. Yeah, and I was already savvy enough to know that they were not very well, very nice, very good tie. You know, very yeah. well tied flies. So I, um, yeah, I, I never even fished any of them. Uh, yeah, so I just started fishing my own flies right away, and yeah, cool. uh, catching bluegill mostly. Uh, you know that that's really. And then it wasn't until I caught my first pike on the fly, that I was like, Ooh, "Yeah, this is." But did that did that good. pike eat a did it eat a bluegill fly? No, no it ate a. Uh, I had uh, gotten into uh, some streamers, some sm- uh, uh, I was doing some of uh, stuff like uh, Gunner's chosen ones. Yeah, and uh, some small stuff like that. And I was targeting, and uh, it, it, you know, got that eat, uh, and that was it. And mm. I, I just went, went on from there. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty interesting, man. That's that's very interesting. I, I I didn't know that. That's um, that's an interesting evolution because like it's um, it's it's just it's it's really funny how like you've gravitated towards a lot of your flies. Uh, you know, a uh, a uh, uh, pop fly inspired right you know like i mean to a certain degree like it's uh i mean would you think that's a fair enough description of of your repertoire at the moment well there's a reason for that too is that they're freaking awesome yeah (laughs) (laughs) i'm telling you the first time i saw a hollow fly like a properly tied hollow fly and and saw what it does and and you know that's it you know it's like wow okay this is amazing and then when yeah. i learned about bob and learned about his legacy and everything i was like just do what 
I was like, there's, there's nobody else, man. You yeah. know? And there is other people. There is, <laughs> but, uh, you know, oh, yeah. uh, for me, that was, you know, it was, uh, Gunner was an early mentor to me. God bless yep. Gunner. He, he, he really, you know, he really helped me out. Um, he's a good friend of mine. And, yeah. uh, I learned about, you know, uh, uh, a lot about Bob's stuff through him. But yeah. then, you know, it wasn't, an, and, you know, then I went and I got Bob's books, you know, and, uh, when I went on Instagram and, and started selling flies, uh, Dave Nelson, Squimpish Flies, he was one of the first people that to ever start liking my flies. And, and you know, they uh, were one of the first people that ever, you know, in, invited me on their pro team, you know. Mm. And uh, Dave Nelson is in Bob's book, you know. Yeah. And uh, that his style, the Squimpish style, I I didn't stumble upon it till later on, you know. I was already tying with squimpish hair and, you know, talking to him online and all kinds of stuff. And then one day out of the blue, you know, when I started really getting into the stuff like, uh, you know, like uh, really talking to Jason a lot and, and doing the stuff, you know, trying to do the stuff that he does too. Cause he's it's no, it's no uh, secret that it's, Jason Taylor, I was going to ask you to explain so people know, uh, I'm assuming some people are going to be playing along with their Instagram. Right? So yeah, Jay, yeah. I was, yeah, so that's great you expand on that. Fly on, fly yeah. on by, right? That's his name. Fly on by. Fly on by. He, uh, he, he uh, when I started tying some stuff like him just in the squimpish style, you know, because that's kind of the, the, he does some stuff in the squimpish style. But uh, Dave hit me up one day and was like, you know, just pictures of some pictures of the recipes in Bob's book. I was like, wait a minute. It's like, yeah, I was like, now I remember. I was like, he's in Bob's book. And then I skipped to the end because I was reading the book. I was, I had like, you know, I was in the first third of it, but the, the part that's in the back is like the uh, Bob's influence section. Mm. So I like, you know, skip to the back and I'm like, wait a minute. I'm like, there's recipes in here. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. I'm like, Let's go, baby. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it was, that, that was it. You know, that was basically it. That, and, that- uh, Dave's a very influential tire in himself and got a very uh, unique style and has um, contributed quite a bit to a you know a different style of fly but you know there's been a you know like we can touch on this a bit further so you know don't really head this way yet because i want to with the uh, feather wings and stuff like but you know his um his contribution to the steelhead flies and that form of tying is um is is so so i guess you know for for us down here that we don't have steelhead i guess you know a lot of our listeners are going to be australian to this but um you know, like it's a it's a real line in the sand as far as fly tying style is concerned. There's not much often of a crossover, but in that style, he's he's pretty influential, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. big name. He's, uh, he he's ta- he he took those ideals and crossed them over into streamer time. Mm. You know, until mm. he did that, nobody. I'm as far as I know, nobody did that. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It, you, you, you're a good man. Sorry. No, no, no. That's 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 it's just legendary. I don't know. Yeah. I just think it's like legendary. It, it's interesting you say that about um, you know, getting Bob's books and stuff like that. Like um, you know, for me, I started fly tying in in the in the late '90s, and um, um, and um, I can remember going to. I never had any books. You know, I was tying flies to to catch fish, which I still do. I still, uh, I still like I like fly tying, but um, but I primarily do it to catch fish as as you know, a lot of people do for sure, including yourself, or you know, like um uh as which is one of the things I admire about you. But um 
uh, I was, you know, I was focusing on things like clouses for, for years and deceivers and surf candies and so of that. And it wasn't, which which I knew, didn't realize wasn't was Bob's Bob's pattern at the time. It was just a fly that I knew was effective for our local tuna population. Um, oh, and I remember talking to a friend of mine who owned a store and saying, "Hey, um, I got a birthday coming up, and my 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 parents want to buy me a a, a fly tying book." Um, what book would you recommend? And that dude just handed that book. I said, "This is the only book you're going to ever want." That, this was um, this was Pop Flies, you know, the first oh, one. The, yeah. And that would have been maybe I think it was two thousand and one. It only just came out or something, you know. And um, um, and and it has. It's been incredibly influential, you know, like it still is. But you know, you're talking about fly design with uh with the one with um with with Dave Nelson in the back and yes. and a few others, you know. Um, uh, which yeah, uh, I won't I won't go to know because I'm going to butcher. I'm going to leave some people out, but um, um, but that book is 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 legendary. It's, it's a textbook, you know, like although it's got the the patterns in it uh, and the detailed explanations for the patterns, it's those those aspects around it, like the influential um, tires that he knows, the fishermen, the anecdotes, the stories. Um, I think there's one. Oh God, who is it? Um, Steve Farrar wrote wrote a story in there talking about. Um, yeah, him, uh, it might be Jay Nichols, I can't, I can't remember who it was, um, I'll probably butcher that name as well, but the three of Bob, him and, and Jay down a dock and they were both fish, they're all fishing the same fly, I don't know what they're doing down there, but um, you know, both of the, the um, both Steve and, and Jay, is uh, their fly swam really well, but compared to Bob's, like just, just you know, was, was, was a contrast in, in, in action, you know? And um and stories like that, you know, like it's uh and and uh that all influence your tying or your approach to tying. It's just such a, you know, uh, look, I, I've mentioned on this podcast many times. Listeners will know, and I, I guarantee you, there's been many, many listeners who have bought the books from here and us talk about it on the podcast here. But I can't, I can't, you know, I can't vouch for it enough. You know how how good it is and how how true that was back in the day to be told that this is the only book you need. Um, it wasn't true because you know the the second book was the was is also the book you need and really they're the only two fly books that I personally you know I don't just tie pop flies but um, but they're the only two books that I use to influence any design that I tie you know the principles in those are uh, um, are incredible. I completely agree, one hundred ten percent. I think yeah. I, I have one. Well, I have a, t- a, a friend of mine who's an old. Had he sent me a bunch of fly tying books, but they're all like the older stuff, you know, like the yep. old. They're all track based stuff too. Uh, so I, you know, I I do look at them and browse them and stuff. There's actually one of them that's really cool. It's called Presentation. Yeah. By uh, Borger, is the last name the guy? Last name is Borger. Uh, yeah. It's an incredible book. All hand drawn, or you know, all hand drawn, all drawn like you know illustrations and everything. Like really cool, really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, hard cover. Is it? Is it? So that's um. So I guess you know, like I, to compare the two, like is that book also like um, you know, talking about uh, approach to to flies, fly fishing, and fly tying, like Bob's books yeah. do. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 But I'll tell you the difference, though. The Bob's book has <laughs> all those patterns are Bob's patterns. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, pattern in that sure, and any pattern in this other book is not is all you know other, you know older patterns that have been yeah. around. Yeah, you know what I mean. That's yeah. a fundamental difference, in my opinion. Yeah, but, yeah. No, I agree. 
it was um it was interesting for me like to have those books and be learning the bucktail flies in australia through the 2000s you know like it was um you know i, I think we, we had a conversation before like um how you know like the quality of materials you know like the bucktail for example you know like there was times there where, where like i was influenced to tie hollows or or beasts and stuff and i just couldn't fucking work out why they wouldn't work i'd follow this book to the t you know like there was no internet back then i couldn't watch youtube or anything like that i'd just be following this book and like why are they not turning out like this you know it's um you know i i see bob like in in recent times some of these um youtube stuff that he's done he talks about you know like you don't you don't need you know super duper quality stuff you know, and he's and he's right. I mean, it's it, it, after using it, like and going back to using stuff that might not be optimum quality. There's definitely techniques that you can use to um to 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 still get the flies done with you know like you know subpar materials. You know, like different techniques or different approaches. Um, but but it's it, it's each fly becomes as unique as 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 the bucktail. You know, then really because you've got to you got to kind of adapt to the tail that you're using at the time. You know, mm -hmm. oh, one hundred and ten percent. Yeah, there's times that, like with some some flies, I'll use you know three different tails because they're three different sections of the fly. Because it, you know, mm -hmm. like um, yeah, because I want I want different different attributes of them. You know, some some might be stiffer to me to be supporting, or some might me to lay lay over better, or sh just short around the throat, for example, or something like that. You know, that you just don't get from a you know a tail that's just you know primo as you know. You know what I mean? I do. I remember one time I tied a fly. A beast with, uh, I'm not kidding you, nine different tails. Oh, right? really? Mine took me nine different tails of messing around just to find, just to get the color fade and everything that I wanted for this beast. And it had like Arctic fox in the head. It was beautiful. It's tied on a, you know, a big old blue water. And uh, I took it to a fly show and I had it in one of the tanks, you know, the, like the swim tanks and stuff yeah. that this guy had. He's like, dude, he's like, you got to put that in the swim tank. So I had that swim tank. And at the end of the fly show, the guy was like, hey, man, can I have that fly? And I was like, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can have it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, like, I guess I gave it to a guy. I hope he caught some damn fish on it. So yeah. Yeah. Oh man, there's a lot of lot of effort in a beast, man. There's a lot of there's a lot of you. Like uh, that's how I feel. I was, honestly, yeah. that was back when too. Before I was even, I was a lot. I'm a lot more savvy now. Yeah, yeah, was, gotcha. I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> man, I find beasts um, the hot like the single most hardest fly I know how to tie. I reckon, you know, um, mm -hmm. and uh, and I don't find the technique that hard. I find the stress in believing in trusting in the process, um, yeah. difficult, you know, like it's, uh, um, you know, there's a lot of people that, a lot of people are tying at the, at the moment. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a pop, it's a popular fly. It's, uh, um, it's great to see it, to see it getting done by so many people. It really is, uh, because it really is, um, it's as unique as, as a bucktail or as a fingerprint really for people, because you know, there's, there's so much of the person in, in that fly. If you know what I mean, yeah, you know, it really, um, you know, the way that you look at it, and the way that you're you're influenced by the bucktail, and the way that you uh, endure the process to the end is all unique, depending on the tire. You know, there's there's no way that you can look, man. I've and I've tried. I can't. There's no way that you can replicate someone like 
Andrew Warshaw, you know, you know. <laughs> no, not with that eye for density. Tell you no. what. <laughs> Yeah. That dude, oh my goodness! The dude's a robot. Like it, that, I, don't, I think that dude is is the is the best in the world, head and shoulders. Definitely one of them. Definitely, I, I well, he's definitely I, one I'm of the a, best I'm in the a, world. I'm a uh, uh, like a uh, how do I put this? Like uh, there's subjectiveness to everything. Like I mm. can see that, you know. So like I feel that there's a certain people that you know would think that he is the best but then there's other certain people that would think that somebody like jason is the best you know and there's somebody oh. that would think that somebody like gunner is the best. so i think that there's like a certain cross-section yes yeah so i can't well, i will never my personal this is my personal belief i will just yep. i will never say that somebody's like the absolute apocryphal best you know but yep. i'll tell you this much he's he's up there He's he's way way up there. He's definitely up there. If there's a top five, he's in it. Well, you know? so I'll explain. I can't put any order to the top five because it's going to be different for everybody. Yeah, so. I'll I'll explain it a bit further. I suppose with my I'm I'm very I'm very strict with my my pop flies. Let's put it that way. You know, like it's um yeah, you're a purist. Yeah, I I I, I like you're to I like to think I am in that in that aspect of it. You yeah. know, like um. Yeah, Bob. Bob is God, and um, and what he's what he you know, like uh, teaches us, we do. <laughs> and yeah, and yeah, in yeah. that in that aspect, you know, um, and although Andrew deviates from that sometimes as well, you know, like um, as far as nailing Bob's actual flies to a T yes. in the most strictest yes. fashion, yes, I I don't think that I I personally don't think there's anyone better in that aspect. Now, yeah. I don't yes, to, I to say that. that. To say that no one else could do that, like like you know, you mentioned Jason, and like my my confidence already crumbles when I when I hear someone like that, or or Ben Wiley, you know, or something like that, you know, oh, ben, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, and um, but like you know, Andrew, I mean, I know Jason's been doing it probably as long, or maybe even longer than Andrew. Like I, I discovered Andrew at the same time, well, roughly the same time I discovered Jason, you know, like it was um, you know, they, those two sort of came into into my life through social media at the same time, um, but you know, like um. Andrew, I guess Andrew was doing more because he's a, he was a commercial fly tire as well, you know? Like, that dude yeah. that dude was just, yeah, like, pumping out pop flies. And I say pop flies as a collective because he he's, um, his variation between, you know, beasts to hollows to bulkhead deceivers to surf candies to, you know, uh, bulk, bu uh, bucktail deceivers, you know, was they were, everything was done perfectly and consistently to the book, you know? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, his density... His eye for density is just—it's insane. I've never seen—I've never seen anybody that can do it like that. You That's what makes yeah. beast flies all exactly with the exact amount of hair, like the exact like to the single hair. Like there's yeah. no deviation from one to the other. I can't do that. I, Man, I, I can't. I can't even uh, fucking. I can't even do that at all. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah. if I, oh, I know. Like I can make the fly look nice. It's gonna look nice, but they're gonna there's gonna be some variation there. There's gonna be a little bit of density variation. I can't. I just I'm not at that point like that where he it like, it, like you said, man. He's like a freaking robot, dude. No, in the complimentary, is, in the man. most complimentary sense of the word. Yeah, there's not a there's not a tire in the world that's that that has that control that he has. There's there's just yeah. not. And and, yeah. I, and I and I believe Bob. Pre, you know, he doesn't pre choose the stacks either. I asked him about it one day. He he just takes them right from the. Right from the tail. Yeah. 
Um, I, yeah, I, well, I mean, I, I believe Bob's been quoted in saying that same thing that that, that he ties him better. He's, he, I think he says he ties him better than he does. You know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I could see Bob saying that for sure. Yeah. Yep. Um, the thing is, like, you know, like it's a good thing that they fucking swim so nice. You know, like there really is because for me, the fascination is in the is in how seemingly simple that they look. It's just like it, you know, like a like a a, hol- a hollow could be just bucktail, right? And you just, it's just bucktail, and all I got to do is just re- like reverse it and, and chuck it back and control how far I put it back with a thread dam. That's all I need to do. Yeah, that's that's all good. And, that's all good and well, but that's like saying. Oh, it's just a circle. All I gotta do is just move the pen in a in a in a in a, in a circular fashion and just get a, a perfect circle. You know? Yeah. It's a, it's it's that simple that yeah, I find it so challenging that it makes me come back to it time and time again. Like there's a like I said earlier, like in this podcast, that for me, I like to tie flies to to fish. You know, um, mm-hmm. those pop flies are probably the like um, frustrating enough for me in that they're a fly that I would like to tie to just tie, you know? Um, mm-hmm. You know? Uh, I mean, for sure, things like surf candies have been... Oh, fuck, I've tied... Oh, I hate to think how many I've tied of those things, you know, because they're part of my fishing, you know? But um, there's not a lot of fish I have here that'll eat a, that will eat a beast, you know? It's, um, mm-hmm. um, it's, a, it's a really unique thing to, um, you know, to find a fish that will eat a foot-long fly here, you know? Um. So, you know, like it's in that aspect of it, um, I don't know why, I, I honestly don't know why I keep coming back to it if I look at myself as a, as a fly fisherman as opposed to a fly tire. I guess that's, a, that's an element of, of my personality that I, I, um, I'm aware of as far as that, that's concerned. You know, I like to tie those flies for the sake of tying them sometimes because I find them so fucking challenging. Like you could be, you could tie something, it could look great in front of your face, you know, um, but then you then you go to Andrew's page and you're like, oh man, <laughs> I'm I'm dog shit at this. How's the feeling? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, it's um, look, man, it's uh, you know, we can we can we can be self-deprivating in this in this aspect as much as you want. Like, you tie a sharp fly, dude. Like it's um, you know, and that's that's one of the reasons I want to have you on because like it's um, Thanks. you know, it's uh, it, it, I'm, I'm hoping you know, I love I'd love to see. I'd love to see, ideally, any influence that this podcast might have in general on improving people's fishing, you know? In this aspect, you know, like, it, there's a two-pronged approach here with that because it, it's going to, uh, um, you know, improve people's tying, you know? Because I think, I really think that um, as far as saltwater or freshwater natives, uh, you know, wherever you are in the world, there really is no better um, thought basis than, than, than pop flies, you know? For predators, yeah, yeah, totally agree. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, I think with with all of them, really. I was just thinking then when you're talking about um, bluegill and you know, um, crappie or things like that, you know, like they're probably not going to eat a, um, you know, a hollow. Well, they're definitely not gonna. We got fish here as well that are not going to eat anything bigger than you know an inch or two either. But the way that you can, you know, like you'll um. You construct the materials on the hook, or the approach to it, the, to, to generate a taper, or or the drag in the water, or understanding the the the, the properties of the material as far as buoyancy and uh, you know and that's concerned are all teachings within that book. That's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. So like, there's a lot of flies that I tie, like even Dahlbergs or game changers and stuff that that aren't Bob's flies, you know, you know at, at all. You know, but the the influence that that book has on me um, puts 
puts a lot of that that approach into into other flies that aren't his. You know, if you know what I'm saying. Yes. Yes. I yeah. know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. It's a. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, you said it. <laughs> yeah, I am. Gu- I'm gushing really hard on Bob stuff right now. Oh, I guess, I mean, but uh, for good reason, dude. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> there's no. Uh, there's no other way around. You know, there's no other way to put it. Yeah. I can't yeah. wait to mess around with these new beast hooks too. It's gonna be yeah. Sick. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I guess. I guess get a dedicated them, beast hook. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Yep. I mentioned on the show um, uh, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we were talking about the um, the bendback hook that came out, and uh, and um, I mentioned on there that I couldn't talk about another one that's coming out. But that's people who listen to the show and heard me say that. That's what I was talking about back then. Is this new oh, Bob Public Weeks hook? Sweet. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, it's it it's good, eh? Like, the, have you seen a picture of it? Yeah. 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 Well, it's like I saw one little thing about it. I I haven't seen any like up close, you know uh you know uh pictures or anything like that just a little promo yeah yeah i haven't seen actual uh, pictures of the physical hook either yet i'm not i'm not sure if it's um if it's been made yet to be honest with you but i'm i'm sure there's probably uh samples that are around but i don't think it's been uh packaged for retail yet so it's um it's just the arex drawings i guess you could say that i've seen so which is a pretty accurate way to look at it at the end of the day because they're they're made to scale completely Mm-hmm. It's yeah. going to be SA90, I think. SA90? Um, I'll tell you what it is. Are you sure? You, it... Think. I, I think that's what I saw this on the thing. I could be mistaken, though. I'll tell you. Hold on one moment. Um, what did you say it was? The SA90? Close. SA290. 290. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. So 8060 and 40. Yeah. Oh, hang on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a two ninety two as well. So one. Yeah, shorty, just shorty, hook. and then the and then a, a longer long shanks. Yep. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty cool, man. It'll be um, it'll be an interesting, an interesting hook. It's uh, I like the I like the bend on it. It's uh, a nice, nice um, sharp bend. If you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like it's not. I don't like those long sweeps, particularly for um, joining anything off the back of the hook. Uh, like game changers as an example, right? Like it's, uh, um, you know, er- pretty early on, I avoided those long sweeps that like um, like an SL12S, how like the, the bend of the hook sweeps all the way around. Like it's hard to attach uh, a tail to it without it being, the action being affected by the hook actually hitting the tail, if you know what I mean, you know? Um, oh, yeah, okay. That's you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I do now. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, it's something I never actually thought about until you said it, but totally now. Oh yeah, look, it's um, it yeah, it, it, like the the beast, the same thing, you know. You got to fix the fix the mono to it, and you don't want that that you want you want that mono to to come onto the shank, so you can you can seamlessly tie a stack on there, so it looks like it's um, yeah, there's no there's no join, and it goes straight to the hook. Yep. Aesthetically, the fish probably don't give a shit at all. But if if you did that with some hooks, like the the hook. The, the long sweep that goes out, like long, like it starts to turn off and a long sweep bend of the bend, like it'll actually hit that last, that next stack or it'll be in it, you know? Mm. So, so the idea of having that, um, that sharp bend, like that real quick bend that goes around is ideal. It's, um, it's a nice design hook. It's slightly stingy. It, it, it actually reminds me of, um, 
of a of a TP six a saltwater version of a TP six ten. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Which is my one of my favorite uh, Esox Beast hooks. Okay, I mess with that hook. All I just actually, you know, it's funny. I am down to one left in my hundred pack. <laughs> yeah, which is like crazy. I thought it would take me twenty years. To tie all yeah. those flies, man. And I'm literally, I have to get another pack already. Yeah, yeah. My first 100 pack. I'm is that um? Is that your favorite? Like uh, the the TP series, TP610, 605, all those ones, I they're like the favorite ones for... Yeah. I like the 612 a lot. Yep. I mess with that 612 heavy. Um, I mess with the, uh, the Bob Clouser a lot. Um, I, I'm bending all these two now, especially, well... Pretty much for any kind of time I'm doing a feather wing fly, I'm I'm bending into keel now because okay these, to explain that what are you what are you doing there? oh okay so like yeah these what happens with these uh, feather centric flies and feather wing flies is the more feathers you have in a fly the lighter it's going to be right like in the in the water right so you still want a heavier hook right because we're fishing for heavy predators right. But at the same time, you want you don't want your fly to just straight up jig or nosedive, right? Like this is me talking. I don't, I don't want that. I well, want, not not that particular um, pattern for sure. I agree. Not yeah, not in this not in this case. You yeah. know. Um, so I like to try to find a hook, uh, and it can be a little bit of a, a thing, you know, to try to find a, a hook for these feather wing centric uh, flies that balance is nice but it's strong enough to uh to to stand up to everything you know and, yeah but not make the fly just dive you know and yep. uh, so what i do is i end up usually just grabbing the rear end of the of the uh the hook shaft right above where the barb would be okay mm -hmm. so i just pinch it flat right there and i take another set of pliers and i just bend it like you know get back where where whereabouts exactly sorry again so uh you if if you're looking at the hook sideways okay yep. where the hook and the and the and the barb is okay if you just go straight up to the shaft right? oh okay like, gotcha so yep. that's where i grab it and then i take another pliers and then i just bend that down about maybe two like 10 degrees i don't know degrees it's like i bend it to the point where <laughs> My my favorite thing is like is where I want is that bottom of the of the of the hook right there behind the barb. You see mm -hmm. where like the bottom, like where the bottom most part of the hook would be. I understand. That's I know exactly I what you're talking. Under, yeah, I want that underneath hanging low, babe. Yeah, you know what I'm gotcha. saying. Does that make sense? Yep. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's what I want. Uh, and a lot of times I've noticed too. For some reason I don't know why yet, but I'm gonna figure it out. But an upturned eye. Bending the the eye slightly upturned on these really helps too. Uh, well, so I can I, I can explain that. that. I can explain it because we do that on crab please, flies. Please, you know, please do as well. So <laughs> so what you're doing there by doing that, um, as opposed to a straight eye, is you're you're using because you're talking about in the in the relation to keeling, aren't you? As well. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yep. So the reason um, the reason that that works so well is um, uh, your your leader becomes like a almost like a parachute. So as your fly is falling through the water. The drag of your leader is influencing the the, the way that the hook is sinking. You know what I mean? So totally it's um, yeah. yeah. So like if um 
let's say you turn that eye, that hook up extreme to 90 degrees. You don't have to. On crabs, we do them, you know, maybe 30 degrees or something like that, right? Or um, some people use a jig hook. I'm not, I have used jig hooks on crab flies, but I don't, I don't like it anymore. Anyway, but that's another story. Um, um, but all you need to do is just, just bend it past, convincingly past level. So around 30 degrees. That's what I do. That's yeah. exactly what I do. Uh, yeah. 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 So when you do that, like if you imagine it like being 90 degrees, like a, like a jig hook, for example, right? Um, and, um, uh, and you imagine that hook bear just falling through, falling through the water, right? It's um, um, if if it didn't have a leader tied to it, it's gonna probably want to bias itself to 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 sink hook point down, no matter what the fucking eye is doing. But you tie mono or fluorocarbon leader to it, um, you know that then where the knots attached to the eye of the hook, then the the influence of the leader falling through the water then plays a, a role, and that's gonna have more drag. Uh, it's going to be more buoyant if it's mono, monofilament and it's going to act like a, almost like a parachute. So then the dominating factor is not going to be then the bend of the hook flipping it over. It's going to be, um, it's going to be the, 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 um, the leader, um, pulling on the eye of the hook, which is, is, is going to take that path of least resistance, which is then going to be sinking hook point up. In your case, when you bend the eye of the hook upwards away from the gape, you know, you, you've, you've got, You've got like a an impossible scenario for that hook to do anything else but you know ride and keel hook point down like that at the end of the day, you know. You see this, folks? We're learning. We're <laughs> here. Live on the air. This is great. I, <laughs> I love yeah, it. Man. Yeah, man. That's, that's awesome. What... It makes total sense. I don't know if you're bullshitting me or not, but it sounds. No, I'm not great. bullshitting you, dude. You're like honestly, I'm. <laughs> I'm not, and you know what, like, um, yeah, we've got a crab fly here called a gas crab, which was designed by a friend of mine, Gavin. I'm the one who named it. He's not arrogant enough to call himself a gas crab, but, um, but, <laughs> but he showed me this, this pattern before he had a name to it and he turned the eye of the hook up in there and I'm going, what the fuck's that meant to do, mate? All that's going to do is just put weight inside the gape, isn't it? And he's like, which is, you know, how I was explaining a hook sinking without a leader. That's what it would yeah. do, you know, but yeah. it's, um, but when you think of drag, as opposed to weight, we're so influenced by weight, like adding eyes on who on flies, or um, you know, like people say to me things like, um, "I want to get my fly down, and I and like should I pick heavier eyes?" I'm like, you should never put eyes on a fly to get it down. It should be for the action, not to sink yeah. it down. You know, if you want a fly yeah. to jig or move up and down, like, well then, put the the degree of that movement will de be defined by the size of the eyes that you choose. You know, to sink a fly down. Uh, off a floating line, for example, with like you know heavy eyes, you're really doing yourself a disservice as a as a fisherman because the like if you drew a straight line between your rod tip and that fly, that corner that is created by the hinge of the of the floating fly line, you know, like that's all slack line that needs to be eliminated before you can set the hook. You know, you you, you might you might get an action where you can attract a fish to eat. You know, you might get a fish that hooks itself. But you'll miss more and probably not even realize a fish has, has put a mouth over your fly. You probably won't even see it. You'll feel it, you know. But yeah, if you were to, the fly line, yeah, but if you were to fish uh, an appropriate fly line for for the level of the depth that you want to fish that fly, like a fast sink line or an intermediate line or or whatever whatever sink rate you want to achieve, depending on the fishing you're doing, that's a smarter way to go about it in that in that aspect, in my opinion. You know, so weight is always something that's in the forefront of, of um of of fly designers minds in my opinion whereas in my my opinion 
drag is the is the king. Like the, the drag of the materials influences the fly's action so much more. Like the the path of least resistance that the fly takes through the water is is the mantra of fly design, in, in my opinion. You know. Mm, yes. Yes. You know? That's a very nice way of looking at it. You know, like uh, game game changes are a, are a, were a real. Um, I got bashed into that into understanding that through game changes. You know, for me personally, yeah. like I, I um, I've got a. I've said this on the podcast many times. I forgive people, forgive me people for mentioning it for the hundredth time, but I've got a pile of fucking such a huge pile of shit sandwiches of, of game changes that just didn't work. You know that um. Till I, till I realized that, uh, you know, where I needed the drag to be on that certain fly before it swam how I wanted it to. Now, in saying that, a lot of those flies would probably catch fish in, in different scenarios, particularly if I was pulling it perpendicular to moving water, you know, like that's, um, that, that, that's, that's fine. But um, for me, a lot of my fishing was, st- was still water in lakes and stuff like that. Um, and I needed it to work just purely by uninfluenced drag in the water. No, by that I mean no tide, no running water. You know, just complete still water drag. You know, um, that's uh, that can really magnify uh, indifferences in in symmetry. Right? If like by that I mean if I've got more material on one side than the other, it'll kick to one side, uh, and yeah, there's not much I, not much I can really do about that. You know? Yeah. You know. So yeah, so yeah, it's interesting, man. Like uh, from what you're saying, so what you're what you're doing with that keeling aspect of it there. Is you know by bending that hook point that that bent bending the bend down from the shank, you're you're creating a a, a larger cantilever right from the from the from that point of equilibrium, which would arguably be the the shank, you know the straight shank. So makes total. Yeah, it's like a seesaw, like the when shank you when, materials coming yeah. off of it. The materials yeah, that, like this, these things with these feather wing flies is that the material is balancing out the whole fly. Well. Know? The material, yeah, the material selection is, it definitely is balancing out the fly as far as which way it rides because of drag. But like when you bend that hook down, it's like it's like when you get on a, a seesaw with a much bigger person. The closer they are to the to the fulcrum or the point yeah. where it swings off, you know, yep. that's when, um, yeah, that's when it's not as not that that heavier person does it doesn't have as much influence on the seesaw. But the further you move that away, or in this case, the further you bend the 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 the, the hook point away from the Fulcrum being the, the shank, the more influence that's going to have on that keeling effect, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes total we, sense. I I, I uh, dived into it that much. I just knew that it worked for my fishing purposes. Oh yeah, I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> definitely crazy. Yeah, and it's I tell a... you what, no, no, man, it's it's amazing because now you know now now I know you know now it's something more that I can explore too. Yeah, you know, I, I love this is I absolutely love fly tying, dude. There's no, <laughs> there's no yeah. way around it. Yeah, man. Well, it's it's uh, in the pursuit of, of of um, see where I live in Australia here, it's so fucking pressured the fishery here. Like it is is it's either pressured by by professional fishermen, um, it's pressured by environmental influence. Like it's you know the water's that choked up with you know sediment or or you know like all the all the environments that fucked out that um nothing lives there, um or it's wreck wreck angler pressure. Now they've seen every lure fly in, in the world, you know, like with increasing population. So I don't I, I have to think about my flies like this because I just don't get the chance to to fuck a shot up, you know, or fuck a fuck yeah. a presentation up, you know? Like it's just yeah. you know, if you only saw my flies twenty years ago that were catching fish, there's no way they'd catch fish now. Like I just know they wouldn't. There's no way in the world. You know? It's um so with with an evolving fishery becomes an evolving fly tire, I suppose. 
and, and for people that are starting out now, you, you're not fucked. You know, like it's you've got the yeah. you've got the the luxury of seeing results anywhere of any type of species you want to catch anywhere in the world, um, and access to that person who got it done. You know, really. So, you know, it's a, it's a great time to be alive for sure. I catch. I've noticed. I've been catching more fish lately, but I've been going out less. But I think it's because my flies are better. Does well, that make sense? Well, seeing your flies, that would make perfect sense to me. That's for sure. Because <laughs> I, I don't know what's happened, other than that was the only like you know that's the only thing that I can I can really come up with. Yeah, well, but. it's 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 definitely. Uh, I mean, fish fish are. Um, you know, like it, 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 I'm guessing your fishing areas that like uh, these fish have seen uh, other other you know lures or flies, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's a uh, pressured. Yeah, uh, most of the places I fish are pretty pressured. So, I think uh, I think we don't as fishermen we don't give fish a lot of credit for learned behaviour. Um, you know, I, I think that um, you know, although although they're you know, you, can, you 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 and I can look at a fly and go, "That's not a fish." Instantly, no, that's not a fish. You know, um, yeah. You know, I think that they learn by these whatever caricature attracts a fish to open its mouth and and close it over the top of your fly, whatever whatever thought process makes that fish go, you know, oh that's interesting. I um I am gonna eat that before it gets away. I think at the same time they they probably learn from whatever caricature that is, you know, and um. You know, pretty pretty quickly, particularly with pressure. Maybe not from one person's pressure, but yeah. So, you know, like the trick, I guess, you know, with with your flies, with what you're doing there, particularly some of those feather wings, which are just, you know, all the flies really. I just, I'm just obsessed with your feather wings at the moment. But um, um, <laughs> it's um, you know, it's hard. It'd be hard not to. It'd be hard not to be able to repeat results. You know, with um, given the the triggers that are in flies like that. You know, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The uh, um. I've noticed too that the uh, I mean I, I I don't know if this correlates to that or not, but I've noticed that when I was talking about bending and keeling, mm-hmm. is that that I I noticed that I get when I do that to a more bucktail uh, centric fly like a hollow feather wing or you know like a sparse bucktail hollow with feathered overwing, yeah, or uh, or a even a three D with feathers in in the wing. Yep. Uh, I get much more of a walk the dog action out of yep. these flies. You you uh, get that for you. Something I really like. I really really like that, especially for esox fishing that I do. Yeah, that's a that's a if you're getting that consistently, that's a that's a fine balance to hard to get. Like uh, I've um I've got that sometimes with bendbacks. You know, like it's uh okay. and and it's the relationship because bendbacks will want to naturally sink bend first. Um. And I go through great, great lengths to try and make them sink headfirst. And by doing that, I've got to both counteract the uh, the um, the hook's natural uh, tendency to sink bend down, uh, bend like bend first, right? So it'll sink uh, like you know, like bend and point first, you know, if you know what I mean. So the eye of the hook will will, will hang up a bit, you know, if um if mm-hmm. I let it. Uh, it's got to counter that. It's also got to counter the, the drag of, like as we mentioned earlier, with the leader. And in most circumstances, I'm fishing for a fish we call barramundi here, which will in, which will attract a 60 pound bite tippet. You know, um, that's oh, a okay. that, that's a pretty chunky you know, yeah, diameter to, yeah, to push down. So I want almost like a V 
where the where the where the knot is and the eye of the hook is, you know, like I want that fly sinking like that, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, that's um, that's that's yeah, that's um. Are they a bucket mouth fish? They're very yeah. I guess you'd probably liken them to you know a little bit to um, like do they open uh, up like, their mouth and just suck it in? Like yeah, they're the water implosive, and all that? implosive feeder. Yeah, yeah. So okay. like 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 a large mouth, I guess you could say, right? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They're very similar. They're very similar to, to um, although they're very different to largemouth, and they're very different to to these fish, which I'm about to say. But they they're probably very similar to snook, as well. You know. Um, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, particularly in saltwater, there are. I don't know if they're anadromous or catadromous. I don't know if which one they are. Um, but um, but they they are they are found in 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 freshwater lakes. They get huge in freshwater lakes. Um, but you know, you'll find them in, in, in very, very salt water as well, you know, and, um, on beaches and, and stuff, you know, and mangrove creeks and stuff like that. They're, you find really? them. Yeah. Oh yeah. You find them in, um, they'll, they, they'll live anywhere, you know, they, um, oh. they li- by that, I mean, they'll live in tropical climates in fresh and salt and brackish, wow. uh, all that sort of stuff. Wow. Okay. They're, so yeah, they're definitely more like a snook then. Does snook so, living, can you, you get find- snook in fresh water as well? Yeah. They, they, well, you find them in. They're never very far from the salt, but they um, they uh, cruise beat like you know they are in the salt. They cruise the beaches. They go into the estuaries. They they go pretty far up into the estuaries to the point where they do mix with uh, quote unquote freshwater species like largemouth. Like in Florida, I've caught really. So yeah, I've caught snook and largemouth in the same place with uh, bluegill and uh, yeah and mullet. You know, could they, so, um, you're right, man, you go. Yeah. Oh, I was going to say, can, could you stock snook in a lake? I don't think so. Okay. That I might be, I don't know, little, but I don't think, I don't think so. I don't think might I've be a little bit of a difference. They need, they need some kind of salt or some kind of access to the salt. Does that, okay. you know what I mean? To, to breed or to, to live? I don't know. Honestly, <laughs> I'm not savvy enough to know. I, 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 probably both. Yeah. Honestly, they probably breed in salt. If I had to guess, they probably they probably breed in the salt water. That's what bar- barramundi do. Yeah, they run up like a like a redfish. You know, they they yeah. just run up for like food and and to get the stuff that's up. You know, they might do there. what um. Like bull sharks do, they'll go right up the fresh water, like right up yeah. in the fresh water. Yeah, um, yep, yep. And that's to, uh, I believe that's more of a parasite thing, right? That the the parasites that live on them don't live in fresh water, so they'll they'll die. They, yeah, they can. That that is one of the one of the things. That's one of the theories. The sea lice get yeah. rid of the sea lice, you know, after so many, you know, certain long in the fresh water. You know. Yeah, we we bull I've never can. actually, I don't speak fluent bull shark, so I don't really know, no, I mean, but. <laughs> but um but yeah i actually caught it my first shark on fly this week actually oh what i didn't land it i caught a spinner shark in about two foot of water it was just cruising the flats and i didn't didn't uh i didn't think it was going to eat but it just charged a share of the fly and i caught it and i brought it up <laughs> beside the boat um and me and my friend who we were fishing with we were, were i was we were sort of discussing whether we were going to get a grip and grin of it while it was just sort of hanging beside the side of the boat and it 
just took a lunge and the leader must have crossed its teeth. I don't know how it didn't pop off, didn't get cut off earlier than that, but um, <laughs> pretty cool. It was, it was pretty cool, actually. Didn't go that hard, to be honest with you. <laughs> I expected it to go. It, it put me on the reel. It took drag. It didn't peel off backing or anything like that, but it was about a, I don't know, three or four foot shark. Okay. Yeah. It's pretty badass. I never caught a shark. Yeah, they, they, they don't normally eat flies. It's, uh, it's you know, like I've, on the flats over here, we you see a lot of little, like, black tip reef sharks and things like that. And, um, you know, like, they're, they're very hard to attract to eat a fly. Like, it's, uh, you know, they, um, I mean, they're sharks and rays that they, they don't seem to be as influenced by, by movement. Like, like, you know, the predatory fish that we're chasing are, like, they probably need some sort of electrical stimulus, you know, like that they pick up in their, and I'm going to quote one of our previous guests there. They've got a part, part in their nose called an ampullae, ampullae of Lorenzini. <laughs> yeah, yeah, um, that, that, those little um, holes and stuff in their face that pick yeah. up the uh, electrical signals. Yeah, yeah. That's they, it, uh, exactly, yeah. I, I think, yeah, I think they tend to just use their nose more maybe than other fish do, you know? Like they just uh, kind of like a catfish in that sense. Yeah. You know how, like, catfish, you can, I suppose, catch them on fly, but you got to put it right in front of their face, and they got to, like, it's got to react to it. Boom, you know? Yeah. They're not going to, yeah, they're they're uh, they're much more of a follow their nose to the source kind of feeding, you know, feed yeah. feeders. Oh, it, was, it was a classic eight, man. It was, it was gin clear water. We could see it from a mile away, and um, came down flat. I, crossed, I put a cast across its, across its um, face. Uh, it didn't see the fly land. I was waiting for the fly to sink, and then as it came a bit closer, I stripped it about a foot in front of its face, and it um, and, and it just it turned. It took a it took a it yeah. took a left turn and just just ch- chased it down and ate it, and then turned and awesome. took off like a scalded cat. And I was just like, "Holy shit, that thing ate!" <laughs> That's <laughs> sick. Yeah, That's but, so um, sick. What kind of fly did it? Eat? It's just a clouser. Just a clouser. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Um. Anyway, we we had it beside the boat. And my friend Jake's like, I'll grab it. I'm like, mate, those things can fucking turn around and bite their yep. own tail, man. Like, I don't think it's yeah. a good idea to tail this thing and bring it in the boat, thrashing around. We've got, we got like, both of us have got a spare rod on the deck. We, you know, we've got shit everywhere. That thing would have made, mm. <laughs> made, made super <laughs> short work of, of, um, of a $1,000 fly rod, I reckon. Right. Yeah. But uh, anyway, it didn't happen. It bit itself off, thank fuck. Oh, that's cool, man! Though that's cool, yeah. Sure. Yeah, let's um let's talk about these feather wings, man. That's um it's the uh it's the it's the it's the cream on the cake for me for to talk about this and to talk about it with other people. I think they're cool as shit, man. I think it's um I think it's uh, so fun. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, fun I actually to fish. they're fun to tie. They're just I don't know. They're right now. That's where it's at for me. Yeah. Man, the the action on that on that rear is like in the water. Like I've I fished flies with rear in them before. A friend of mine, um, Al Simpson. Um, I don't know if you follow Ketterfly on social media. Any chance? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. he tied me a really small one, um, like a small fe- uh, flat wing that was nothing but feathers. That so was it was a bit of rear, bit of marabou and and flat wing um, tied saddles over the top and jungle cock eyes and stuff and. Man, that was really nice, and I, I, I'm sorry, Al. I lost that fly. I left it on my friend Shannon's boat accidentally. I'm sure he's got it. I told him not to lose it. I said, "There's um, there's too many endangered animals in that thing to lose. Don't lose that fly." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but it looks sick. So yeah, I'm um, uh, I I like I like the idea of these things, man. So what what are these flies to you? 
Um, I mean, I I just like uh, when I fell in love with the squimpish style. That's when I was really like, oh man, these are these are fun. You know? And then you so, realize too that there's. I'm sorry. I was gonna say just to pick up on that. So, you, I mean, there's there's. I know that you you'll use squimpish fibers in this, but it's more about Dave Nelson's style. Is that what you? Yeah, mean? the style. When I say the style, when I say refer to the squimpish style, I'm referring to uh, tying in in his style like not uh, we're moving away from bob's uh tying in the deceiver style yeah and we're moving into the squimpish style which is like using much more of uh spay techniques right like prop- yeah. propping up stuff and uh with hijack ties and tenting and things like stuff. that tenting yep yep yeah. tenting and, tenting uh, and palmering and shit yeah. you know yeah. yep yep naturals lots of natural yeah. you know yeah. some some synthetics too, but, uh yeah just uh yeah, it's, you know, we're uh, it's such a fun way to, for to to. You know, I tie flies with polar bear, and I don't know how to how cool is that? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh. Hard to get here too, man. The polar bear. It's, it's it's um hard to get in the U.S. too, I believe, right? Yeah, I, it was a gift from um somebody from a friend. Yeah, yeah, friend. Yeah. yeah, it's um yeah um. But yeah, no, I I, I hear. Um, yeah, that's that style. Like, you're right. Like that's that was people. I mean, it's fair. I guess it's fair to bring into the conversation that you and I were chatting recently in regards to this. Like, I I put up a before this interview came up, I put one up this morning. Um, a fly up this morning, and um, and that Beautiful. is thanks, man. Oh, and and you should take a bow yourself because, man, this is you. You're the person who taught me about these. You know, like it's um, <laughs> you know, like it's uh, there's there's. I can look at a, most flies and and, re, and reverse engineer them by by looking at them. This one had me fucking stumped, you know. Like it's um, um, and and you were kind enough to to afford me the time to explain some some bits that you know made perfect sense when when they were vocalized, you know. And um, um, you know, because I've looked at at yours and like I mentioned in that post today, like Andrews and stuff for years, you know, and like and just gone out like. I looked at Andrews for years and like, I mean, but I mean, like, I mean, how long have you been, you've been on Instagram for a couple of years, but I mean, like Andrew's been there since the beginning from me, you know, it's, um, mm-hmm. um, anyway, but, um, and I just never, you know, access the materials, I suppose. And, um, and those techniques, they just look so fucking foreign. And that's probably the reason why, because they're, they're a fusion between, uh, Bob's, Bob's techniques and, and the spay techniques and the man who made that fusion possible is Dave Nelson, right? Yes, correct. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. As far as I understand it, that is the story. And I've never heard anybody correct me on it. <laughs> so Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I think that's the way it went down. The uh, Now, there's other people, too. Have you ever heard of Chris Taylor? Uh, that uh, Only because you've mentioned that's Jason Taylor's brother, right? No, they're not related. Oh, okay. They're related. Yeah, they're unrelated. Uh, uh, Chris Taylor, in my opinion, is just as good as all of these guys. Right. Uh, I'll send you uh, some stuff when we're done with this. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna poop in your in your drawers. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's fuck. He's fucking real good, dude. He, one of the best squimpish tires I've ever seen. Uh, to, uh, Jason Taylor refers to him as a sensei. Yeah. Well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, which I mean, I, he's being uh, you know, he's being Jason. He's being very humble, like always. And, uh, cause you know, this shit's fucking incredible, but, uh, the, 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 I see what he means. 
looking at at at, uh, at Chris's stuff. Chris is isn't on social media. He's uh, uh, an older uh, tire from in that realm. You know, he used to go to the 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 tying nights at Bob's house. You know, when yep. Bob used to host tying nights the, at his house, he was there. The with Atlantic Flyfishers. Yep. Um, yep. Meetings. Yep. 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 He was. Uh, he's all. As far as I know, he was all down in that. You know. So yeah, Chris Taylor. I'll send you the stuff. Uh, yeah. And anybody please do. listening, please. Uh, you can go and follow uh, Chris Taylor's classic fly archive. It's a page. Oh, on is it is it on social media? Yeah. Is it? Yep. Yeah, it's on. Well, it's it's just folks that have uh, older pictures of his stuff that uh, have submitted it to uh, an account that's run by Joe Captain Joe, and he um, he posts them. You know, he'll you send him the they, people send him the pictures and he posts them to the account so everybody can check them out. Are you um are you on the I wouldn't mind looking at them while we're on on the on the recording actually so we can yeah just, I can, um, uh, I'm I'm actually going to uh, I'm right now I'm, I'm got you bro yeah <laughs> uh, send the, it over uh, now yeah yeah the um sorry mate take your time keep professional, talking, just keep talking. professionalism <laughs> is not a strong point for the intermediate line podcast mate that uh. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of dead air, plenty of uh, mistakes, plenty of things we shouldn't have said, and um, not real <laughs> big on go. the editing. You know. There you go. Did you All get right. that? Not yet. So I sent it to your. Uh, it's probably over Hawaii right ammo now. Fly. I sent it to ammo. Yeah. It's over Hawaii. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's, it's coming. Okay. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Yeah, gotcha. Yep. Yeah, man. This this guy's style blew me the fuck away, dude. Too. Um, oh wow. Definitely you, cite him as, as an influence, dude. You know, oh, look wow. at these. Look, yeah, yeah, right. Look at some yeah. of this stuff, dude. Look at them. Uh, look at those three. Um, that's the first thing I opened. I know. Talk, you see, oh, yeah. dude. Oh, I love the this middle, reaction. The eye talk in the middle one. Me, talk to me. Talk to me. This is great. the eye in the middle one. Like I, I first was drawn. I'm like, is that a tab? It's a. It's a. What is it? A fucking turkey bigot or something like that. It's, that's uh, a. That's a uh, grace pheasant peacock. Wow. Grace peacock pheasant. Just these stripped the sides, like so. It's not no, no, no. Anymore. I mean, on on the eye, like instead on of which JC. One which, which one are you talking about? Okay, um, look at there's there's three that are sitting over timber. It's like um, sorry, apologize, folks. Again, remember we're not super professional, but there there's three um, over a timber sitting on a timber background. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's great. That I think that's Grace. If so I that middle that middle fly, think, the yeah. one. Yeah, that is that's Grace. That's Grace. I'll, uh, it's Gray's, it might be a backing feather on there, but I, there's maybe like a backing feather, but that's Gray's, uh, it's Gray's peacock pheasant, it's, I use it on, uh, eyes for squid flies, it's an old salmon tires, uh, thing, it's like a, uh, big old wide feather, uh, I'll, I'll send you, uh, uh, some flies that I've used, okay, see exactly what I'm talking about, man, it's you know a, what, uh, yeah, it's it's just a cool one of those cool hard to find feathers, you know. Um, you know, I, actually, I'll give the name of this account out so people know. Yeah, I please mean, do. It's um, it's actually it's it's like it's spelt C tail like the letter the um the letter C T A Y L O R underscore classic underscore fly underscore archive. There's not there's not many posts there, but like the quality that's there is is um. He's great. How's these crab flies? They look cool as hell too. Pheasant, right? That's all pheasant. Yeah, yeah. The uh, 
Now you keep in mind too, this this these those flies are all from like the nineties, like late nineties, I think. Mid to late nineties. Yeah, well. It's um yeah. Some as a great um I, I I'm just still on his page, man. I saw your post. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah. um you know what man, like um it, it, I was gonna mention this when we talk about the feather the feather flies, feather wing flies. How close like it's it's not only is it a mashup between yeah, Bob's flies and spay um yeah techniques, bay fly tying techniques, but also flat wings as well. Like it's a real yeah. mel- melting melting pot of of all these influences, you know. Like it's it's um uh, there's such a fascinating fly to me in that respect, you know. It's um yeah, this, would you agree with that? Do you think that um absolutely yeah, absolutely. there's a lot of there's a lot and of that's flat part wings of what drew me into it too, you know, because I love learning about all kinds of different stuff, you know. Oh, so I see. It's, Man, that squid you sent through is that is sick. That's so good. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't until you point out that that's a feather. That eye there. Mm-hmm. What is that? What is that feather? It's called Gray's peacock pheasant. It's a. Right. Uh, it's an old salmon tires, salmon fly tires. Uh, feather that they use. I have four of them left. Great. There's another oh. feather I'm gonna obsess over and and, and go like, down uh, the dark web to try and find. I can. <laughs> I can give you. I can give you a little bit of help. Um, Sweet. I'll yeah, that out. Um, it's. Uh, I'll send you some pics too. Yeah. Cool. Oh. Yeah, your use of, of our native emblem is pretty good too, man. Say that again. Confusing, you know. Uh, on our coat of arms, we've got. Oh, an the emu. emu? Yeah, yeah. You talking about? Yeah, I love emu. I love yeah. it. It's. Uh, it's such a cool feather, man. They look. It looks amazing in the water too, like in a feather wing. I yeah. love putting like couple small hackles for a belly like a extension belly you know and then yep. putting that next putting that next um uh, you know kind of counter shaded back as like a some emu dude oh dude, it's awesome yeah there's a there's a fly we've got here in australia called a light horseman which is a tribute to um uh, light horseman brigade which is a like a um uh, a, a battalion in the in the world in the world war ii or something like that like um just incredible feats that they went through but um anyway that's another story but um it's um it's it's an incredible fly as well and and not not substitutable with any other feather because of what it looks like in the water at all oh. you know that uh, they uh they they really glow like those you which you've probably seen like that emu feather really pops when it sits in water hey you know mm-hmm. yep yeah yep. it's like jungle cock you yeah know, like jungle cock just shines in the water like it's like just like you can just see it for a mile away it's like great yeah yeah no i agree the um do you do you do you talk many i'm just going to mention i'm sorry but do you notice on that cdct page you notice his uh style of keeling oh let me have a look Look at this hook look at the way he ties flies look at the uh okay so um yeah well that's um that's that's like um that's similar to I'll tell you uh, probably what what might be the thought process there. Um, they're not bent. They're 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 high as you probably know. They're high tide, but that's like a, yeah, high tide. a polar fiber minnow. So to reduce fouling, like the yep. the like they they talk about a triangle with that. Have you heard about that? Uh, uh explain real quick because I, I might not be familiar. So the idea of like preventing that fouling there is like a, it's a, it, I'd have to show you on a drawing I guess but um which I can't do now but I'll do when we get off the get off the air I'll do a drawing and take a picture of you but when the when the hook's 
angled down like that. If you imagine like a a triangle that's um that you know the base of the triangle runs off the off the shank of the hook and um and and um and it peaks like you just imagine a triangle sitting on top of the hook there but the more the the higher the triangle the the uh, and the way the the less fouling that will happen on the hook and it's um mm. and it's uh that got highlights maybe with polar fiber minnows because polar fiber minnows usually if you if you look at them they've got that triangle is usually epoxy right and it's it's easy to it's easy to pick out like polar fiber minnows are pretty bastardized these days like I can remember back in the day like that is I think it's a Paul Van Reenen fly actually the the polar fiber minnow but um um. I could be really wrong with that, and I apologise to anyone listening. That I am, but um, I would assume that um, that that technique for the polar five minnow has been taken from what's learnt from masters like this dude, as far as uh, preventing the the tail wrapping. You know, because uh, tail wrapping is a real issue with things like, uh, in my opinion, with flat wings and stuff. If they're not tied correctly, you know, you've got to under, understand that. Um, you know, taking that. Taking taking the stiffness past the the bend of the hook to prevent the tail wrapping, you know, it's in the through the technique, and and this would be a, a similar thing. Like by the time that 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 um the distance that that those feathers and, and and materials would have to travel to to extend down past that um past that bend of that hook would be would be which should be less effort than it would be to not tail wrap if if that makes sense. Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. It also makes a great action. It got a real jigging action, like you're, re- you're pulling it forward every time, you know, because the way it wants to sink. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I That's think it's the, the, ta- the tail wrapping's the main thought process there. Okay. Yeah. The uh, that's what um, I get a benefit of that uh, when I do bend these hooks. I've noticed that there's less fouling. But he, yeah, was okay. take, I thought, I believe that he was just taking it to the, a more extreme uh, yep. scenario, you know, which uh, I actually like and I'm kind of even going towards more date because like honestly when i'm fishing the one thing that can take me out of my piece is having to stop to fuck with a fly you know what i mean yeah man i totally understand i do not like that at all Um, have you so yeah the the less i can have that happen more better have you thought of uh looking at octopus hooks i have and i do use some i um, okay i often have to bend them uh, bend the uh, the offset out of them, but oh, other yeah. than that, they do work pretty well. Because uh, you got the, the eye gamakatsu, bent up. Uh, yeah, octopus. Yeah, gamakatsu octopus. Yeah, basically, that's that's what I, that that's the shape of style hook that I love to tie a a, a feather wing on. And you you'll and you'll know when you get into these things, you'll you'll I'm I'm, I'm almost certainly that you'll gravitate towards those style hooks too. Uh, the, um, they just work. Yeah, I, I like uh, the hook. The hook selection is very important. I've learned in the short period of time that I've been fucking around with these things. Um, mm-hmm. And one of the things that um, you know through the lesson that you gave me about it was pointing out how similar they are to Bob's 3D fly, which is a fly that I've like ashamedly completely overlooked. You know, like uh, as far as including in my arsenal, and and you've actually awoken my interest in in this as far as. Uh, a technique fly, you know, understanding the technique and, and all that sort of stuff. But uh, um, I haven't tied one with bucktail yet, but I would, I would and liken, yeah, well, I would say I would liken those feather wings to a very, you know, very similar um, technique as far as where the place of the materials are concerned to a yes. 3D fly. Yep. yep. You know, yep. particularly, it's, it's, 
about building the you you because look when you tie like something like a, a bucktail deceiver right or a hollow fly or even like a beast fly right you the the silhouette appears right you tie the fly and you, you just do the you put the bucktail where it's supposed to go and it when you're done you have a a, a, a fish shape right with yeah. all intents purposes now with the 3d fly and with also with like i've noticed with like bob's bucktail bunker is another one great example of this uh you have to build the taper you have to build the silhouette you have to build everything in the fly you construct the fly out of bucktail instead mm-hmm. of just tying in bucktail and then the silhouette just appears does that make sense well that's that's in 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 a uh an opposite principle to like a hollow right because a hollow you're 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 gradually using the same length bucktail to come forward and and by 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 coming forward you're decreasing the length of the next stack compared to the stack prior and the tape is created mm-hmm. so yep. with this what, yep. what you're it's saying with you finish sorry? the fly right like i'm sorry like when you do a hollow fly right like a three collar you tie your three collars in and the fly's done it's not yeah. like that <laughs> fly. no you have to you have to get so many different little things right and it for everything to come together it's it's not always going to work but no. when it does oh my goodness man are you talking about an amazing fly that swims in the water effortlessly with no fouling whatsoever because everything is just built purpose on the like built uh, proportionately on the on the fly right so there's no like long fibers hanging off the front they can get wrapped around this there's no like you know it's just not there it's just mm. like everything's just built to to keep its shape right yeah and it, I, you know the i've heard bob say that you know he says that the 3d fly is his most important fly and i i'm i believe that because the techniques i've learned from that fly have uh, blown my mind apart it, yeah. it is a great foundation for sure. Yeah, I, I don't mean to. I don't mean to uh, devalue this statement in there. I'm, and I, I, in fact, I'm trying to add value to it. You know, and in that um, that like in its basic form, like the 3D fly. As far as um, I should get my book and have a look at it while we're talking about it. But uh, um, the the like the, the the technique of an all bucktail fly like that and uh, putting him purposely purposefully putting the material where it needs to be. To, to both to both keel and create drag and uh so it swims without and not foul um mm-hmm. is it to, to look at it the, i know the reason why i've skipped over it because it's deceptive to look at like you don't see the technical aspect in yes. it you know it's oh. um yeah it wasn't honestly man it wasn't until i saw jason's 3d flies that i was like whoa that's what can be done with this you know like yeah. he, he uh the ones on on jason taylor's uh instagram are you know the best they're the best 3d flies i've ever seen they they're just those are uh, i'm like those are the ones that i i try to go for um uh, i do you know it, the first ones i tied were like more reminiscent to the ones that bob did in the book and i was like okay i was like this is cool this is a cool fly you know but then as i said it wasn't until i saw what jason did with it and i'm like wow okay now i see what's going on with this yeah and then they're tying them now. I'm like, oh shit! Okay. <laughs> I I can see when I say it's a good foundation. I like what I'm thinking of when I say that is that like 
I can see how, you know, like tenting some feathers in there or palmering some rear mm -hmm. or your marabou in there, like would be like, you know, it, it creates a whole different feel, but you, you wouldn't be ruining the principle of the fly. I mean, you could get pretty fancy with that, but I think it's like, um, it's like when people tie, you know, like deviate from a, an original Clouser minnow, you know, like it's, you know, learn that fish that first get, get become so intimate with that before branching out to things like half and halves or adding synthetics or even, you know, other natural materials like nat niat or whatever, you know, like it's, um, it's a, it's what it looks like one of those um, foundation flies. Is that's what I mean, like a clouser, like a deceiver, it, you know? Yeah, it's, it's um, that. I'm, I'm sorry. I was just going to say, like, I would say a hollow is as well. I mean, a hollow is a great foundation for for bulkheads and beasts and, and you know all that sort of stuff as well. But um, but that three D fly is is different to those. Uh, another another um, another feather in in Bob's cap as far as a foundation fly goes. Right, you know what I mean. Learn absolutely. Learning the three yeah. D fly will make all your other flies better. I guarantee it. Yeah, I guarantee it. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. It will. The yeah, did for me. Shit. Yeah, the, the, it, it gave me another. And if not, dude, if at the, if nothing else, at the end of the day, right? If what you get away from that fly is now you have another arrow in your quiver as far as like building a fly goes, right? You yep. know what I mean? Now, like when you get like. You know, say you just want to tie a freestyle fly, right? So you just grab a hook and you're like, okay, tie in a deceiver tail. Okay, let me put in, you know, uh, two hollows, you know. Oh, now I'm at the head. What should I do? Instead of making just a bulkhead, oh, let me try a 3D head. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's like, that's the kind of stuff that, you know, uh, uh, again, pop flies. People don't realize that. Is that all these flies are interchangeable. Yeah. Basically, almost all of them are, are interchangeable you know what i mean you can take yeah. the fox stretch you can take the fox stretch back and put a damn deceiver head on it you can take the end of a deceiver and put a hollow fly bulkhead on it you know you yeah. could take a, a you, anything you could take anything and put anything on it you know well and it's funny because until i it wasn't until i really started tying in the squimpish style that i realized how versatile all this stuff was I was just about to say the same thing, man. But um, I and I don't I don't know why that is. I I I just it just did. I I, I just all of a sudden you know, it just hit me one day. I was like, oh my god! I was like, I can do anything. I was like, there are no fucking rules to this. I was like, why have I been thinking that there are fucking rules to this? <laughs> I can remember a post. I can remember a post you made about this recently, actually. Like, why was I why was I sticking to the rules or something you said ages a while ago, a few months ago? Do you remember that post? Yeah, yeah, that's right around that time. That is yeah. right around that time where I that that's when my mind got blown apart by all this stuff. Man, you know? I, I'll, yeah, I'll, I'll actively right there. <laughs> yeah, and I'll I'll tell you, man, I've always liked your flies, but I'll, I'll say this, man, your, your flies went leaps and bounds from that post, from that post on. You know, it's um, oh, thanks. It really, they really did. You know, it's um, but like uh, what's I going to say? Um, you know, like that 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 Dave Nelson fly or that Featherwing or or his influence has um has really become a meeting place for for all these classic bucktail flies, you know? Like, it really has. It's, um, even even the deceivers are loud there, you know? Like, I mean, deceivers, yeah. deceivers, um... I finish almost all my bucktail flies like a deceiver now, you know? I get that hollow tight right up there, right, to give me my bulk, and then yeah. I almost always finish them with a pinch high and uh, a pinch uh, uh, top and bottom. Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Because yeah. like, it just gives you, like, it gives you a fish shape instantly, the the head shape, you know, 
it, yeah. it goes from being that 360 degree round to you know or if you can pinch it you can pinch a hollow high and tight too you know what i mean but like it uh it's just a cool 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 way of uh adding a little bit more to the front of a, a bucktail fly you know? yeah yeah I've, so. I've been um i've been persisting away from that I, I i mean i must admit in the past i've done that as well and and I haven't allowed myself the freedom of what we just talked about as far as, you know, like not adhering to the rules. I wanted to make, again, I'm going to bring up Andrew. I wanted to make it look like Andrew's or Bob's, you know, but with, mm -hmm. with adhering to the technique, you know, and it's, um, I've come to realize, and I'll, I guess I'll give you out a bit of a, a, a tip here for people that are aspiring to, you know, improve their hollows, I suppose, is, um, um, you know, like it, uh, I like to bring it, I like to decrease the gaps between, the tie-ins the closer i get to the hook eye and when i get to the hook eye where where some people would probably finish the fly um i'll still put another one on there like i'll i'll, I'll yeah. reverse tie on on where the where the wire meets the shank you know just about mm -hmm. you know and I'm it's the same um, way. yeah and that density there is is enough for me like in the past i've um you know i've palmed marabou in between the stacks to try and increase that density there and stuff but I guess you know all these flies, and I'm sure you'd agree with it. Like it's um, it comes down to time. It's because it's, you know, it's it's easy for people to start out and and complain about the bucktail, and I and I totally agree that the bucktail needs to be selected purposefully for for these style of flies, you know. But we don't always have the luxury of getting what we want, so it comes down to like what I was saying earlier in this podcast. Um, each 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 fly becomes as unique as the bucktail that you're selecting the hair from. It has to be. You can't, you can't do something. Uh, what, whatever, whatever variance entails you can think of right now. Like I'm sure everyone listening has got something in their mind's eye, but you, which means that you can't do a, a fly that worked really well for you with a particular tail, then pick up another one and try mm -hmm. to do the same thing with the same density. Even if you were going to go to the point of counting how many hairs you were using, you know, or thread wraps and stuff like that, it's just not going to be the same fly. You've got to adapt to the material on the time and and. There is no way to teach that. It's, it's just time, you know? Yep, it's all Time, practice. experience, pile of shit sandwiches, get good yep. at stripping a fly down with razor blades and starting again. Yeah. I tell you what, the, I'm sorry, uh, I'm just going to say the, the, the more I tie flies, I tell you, the more I notice is like a lot of times uh, it's not how well you can tie the fly, it's how well you can save the fly. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, that that yeah. comes down to believe it, trusting in the process, right? Like we're saying earlier, like why I find the beast to be the hardest fly going because it it always feels like I'm I'm salvaging it. You know, it doesn't it doesn't never feels like it's going to work halfway through it. Now we we discussed this the other day. You know, is that is that an example of what you're talking about? Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's uh, uh became more readily apparent to me when I started messing with the 3D flies. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. But yes. But yeah, 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 yeah. I guess we, we, yeah, exactly. I mean, it'll it'll apply. A lot of people probably find that. There's people will probably find that with bulkheads as well, because I mean, you got to trust the process with with all of these flies. Really, you got to you get you got to trust them. You got to know where you got to know. You really well with all fly tying, really, at the end of the day. But you got to got to kind of got to know where you're going to be before you start the fly to a certain degree. You know, no, you I could freestyle as much as much as you like, but you kind of got to, you know you got to kind of got rules to adhere to at the same time, but you can totally, you've, you've totally got room for artistic, um, integrity is, is oh, that's probably not the word I'm looking at. Uh, um, 
you know, artistic license, if let's put it that way, throughout that tie to add whatever you want as far as different feather species or what have you or, you know, colours and or even adding feathers where, like on a 3D fly, which isn't isn't documented in Bob's book to have feathers, you know? It's a, you know, it's a, I mean, look at the feather wing. That's, that's a, it, it, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you share this opinion, but that's a 3D fly, you know, might, from, from what yeah. I understand. It. Yeah. It's, you know? It's a, uh, uh... The way it's a, it's, it's a, I mean, we've said it already. It's, it's basically, it's a marriage of the two techniques. You yeah. know what I mean? And, and the, but the 3D, as you keep, as you, you say, the, the, the 3D is a great meeting place, right? Yeah. For those, for those techniques to come together, you know? Yeah. Um, just by, you know, switching materials or, or doing, you know, just a little bit of different of something else, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh it's uh really is crazy it blows your mind when you think about it i mean it blows my mind it's also very similar to a flat wing you know the way the way the flat wing uh works as well like do they, now do they uh when they do like traditional flat wings do they do a bucktail uh uh like a do they hijack the bucktail and then lay yeah. the feather on it like that so, is there so the first time for a, for a, for a feather wing uh and i've got to give credit to joe corderio like as far as um as far as this i watched his i've mentioned on the podcast before i don't watch youtube videos but that's the i've watched that one and i've learned flies from that one that's the that's the i highly recommend it then there's probably a lot more on youtube but that's the only one i'd i would send people to but anyway on that you know he, he talks about and i know that my friend al from caterfly he doesn't this way he ties amazing flat wings as well um um you know like the first tying is on top of the shank of the hook not inside the gape and and you press it down the same way you would be tying um yeah like a uh, I actually want to ask you this on the podcast but we'll, I, I won't drop it on that tangent yet but the same way you would distribute the bucktail around around a hook for a hollow or one of the techniques you would distribute the hook um, bucktail around the hook for a hollow so you press it down so it it goes around say maybe half the hook but it's a it's a selection of bucktail that's quite stiff so the way that Joe talks about it on that video is creating in inverted commas a witch's broom so it's a stiff material that that flares out like a triangle at the back before you tie anything in it gets collected to at the end of the fly for sure but that the, what that does it's it's meant to carry the weight of those of those um of those feathers to stop it from tail wrapping right yeah so yeah, so yeah. that so it, yeah so jacked up or or tented or high tide if you like um i guess you could say but it's not entirely high tide. It's like a it's like a, a, a catch. Like it's like a like a net uh, either side of it. it. Doesn't allow it to drift off because you know when, the way that the way that those the idea of those flat wings, the way that the drag acts on on the water in the water, it's like all those feathers act like snakes. Like it's um it's it as the drag pulls on one side, it's pushing it to the other side, and you know and so forth. Like I've heard people call them the the first game changers. You know for the for the action that they have. You know they're that's yeah. incredible in that respect. But um, seem like they'd be great sand deal. Yeah, uh, flies. You know what well, I mean? Because sand eels swim in like an S snake. Like they don't really swim like a fish per se. Like the way I've seen them, you know, they kind of just they they swim like a snake. Like they're like an S. They go. Yeah. yeah. Well, funny enough that that video that Joe's got up there I'm referring to is for a, um, a sand eel pattern. But oh, no it's, uh, Yeah, but it's um, but it's a basis for flat wings. You know, it's um, okay, so yeah, they, yeah. the you know the techniques of um, it's very easy for for tying flat wings um to 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 stack multiple feathers on top of each other and have that vein through the middle 
uh, when you cramp, clamp down on it with the thread, when you put the Todd to, to, to push off to the side, if you know what I mean. So mm. then they don't lay perfectly flat over, over the top of each other. Yeah, getting feathers to lay is, is something that I, I I'm not going to say I struggle with it, but it's, it's something that, uh, it can be just as hard as learning to hollow tie properly, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah I, I totally agree. Sit right, you know, the, sit where is, you want to, to get them to behave, right? Like, let's yeah. put it that way. To get yeah. them to behave, you know, exactly. you can't beat them into submission. I'll tell you that much. Don't exactly. think that you could do that. <laughs> exactly, man. Exactly. Well, I mean, with the with that feather wing, I haven't had to use this technique on there because it's a comp. Like for me, I've been building them as a combination between because you mentioned it to me, and I went, "Oh, okay." There's um obviously I can do whatever the fuck I want here because it's uh, again the no rules thing incorporating yeah. incorporating um I don't even know how to begin to describe this it because it's not it's not something you go well I thought it was like a hollow or I thought it was like this I thought it was like that. Um, a part of me did because like, you know, like I first saw him, um, with Andrew like years ago, you know, like it's, um, and I thought, well, this must be a, a Bob's fly. It must be techniques similar to this anyway, but it's, it's not, you know, but tenting the, tenting the saddles either side of it, um, and then putting a hollow over the, uh, a flat wing side over the top of it isn't going to impact the next one that comes in, which is going to lay over the top of it. Like with the flat wing, if you watch that video, you'll see that there's a technique you call, have you heard of a pillow? Have you heard of that? No. So a pillow is just um, it's it's designed to stop it stop those feathers from sliding off one another as you tie them totally on top of, of each other. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, it also, in my opinion, I, he doesn't mention this in the video, but I like it because it creates a little bit of air between the feathers. They don't completely sit on top of each other, so water gets in between them, and each feather acts individually. I guess you could say. But the pill the pillow is all it is is just. Pulling off like the you know the the marabouy type or the chickabooey type um, material at the base of of, of any feather, um, getting it and and rubbing it and pulling it in a little ball and just putting on your thread like a dove and just just holding it holding it pinching on top of the shank and then just tying it on and then it and then that creates like a, a pad for the next feather to sit on top of. You with me? Yo, you're fucking with me. No, I'm serious, man. <laughs> yeah. go, go watch that video, man. I'm, I'll tell yeah, you, I said this the other day as well. Dude. Like, you, you will. I'm no telling way. you, I'm telling you, August, man. You, you will, um, you will thoroughly. Like, it's a, it's an hour and a half video. It's a stupid long. There's, there's so many flat wing videos that I've noticed when you're scrolling, looking for this thing that are ten minutes, fifteen minutes, twenty minutes, five minutes. I wouldn't waste your time with any of it. Go sit through the full hour and a half. It's, it's a, uh, it's, it's so worth it. I think to myself. Like if I was on the water and I was like, no, nah, I'm going to watch a 20 minute one and my fly fucks up, you know, compared to what I could have yeah. learned or what, what, what I would have learned from that tying technique that I could then freestyle into something that's not a sand eel, more of a bait fish. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking I'm going to be watching that video. Yeah, man. It's a, it's a, it's a, <laughs> no, a really sir, great I've never heard of that play. before. And it sounds really like a pretty damn sweet technique. If you ask me. Yeah, man. Yeah, absolutely. You yeah. could hundred, I didn't, I, it just I mean, makes I've, total sense. I just pictured it exactly while you were talking about it. Like I, I, I like you know was envisioning it in my head, and I was just like, "Oh damn!" I was like, "Oh damn! This is, <laughs> this is brilliant." <laughs> no, I can see it now. August West uh, flat wing flies. It's just it's oh, no, all no. going to be flat wings now. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! Because <laughs> I, <think I'm> <laughs> I get like that, dude. You know what I mean? I get all fucking crazy about shit. Oh, and flat wings are worth your time in that respect. You know? Yeah, you know what I mean. I agree. I'm going to be like that with feather wings now for sure. You can see a hundred of them. That's sweet, man. I hope too. Honestly, <laughs> I hope too, dude. No, that one today was beautiful, dude. 
Yeah, I'm, I was pretty happy with that one. It was a, a light bulb moment, you know, like um, you came out like you wanted to do that. Uh, you were selling how you wanted to kind of replicate that one from Andrew. You really you got real close there, man. You you, you fucking you nailed it. Dude. Man, I tell you, Andrew, did you see the post he put up yesterday? He put up another featherwing. I was just I was just looking I at think, going, I oh, thought that man. was a different angle of the same one. No, nah, different fly. No, nah, it's a different fly. Uh, yeah. Still yeah. just as sexy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm just looking at that sexy. going. What's the, how's the timing on this? Like, you know, how, like, talk about being in the Truman Show, he's, you know? <laughs> he's, yeah, right. No, he's used a fair <laughs> amount of bucktail. On that uh, one, he has, in yeah. That, in that one, yeah. More so, I think, than, than like, you know, than some of the stuff you see from Chris Taylor, like in those other yeah. uh, ones, you know, he's just kind of a prop. But that one, he's, he's built a whole little kind of body into it, which I do too mess around with when I do uh, my peacock. Yep. Uh, I, the peak, when I, I uh, Palmer peacock eye. Yep. Uh, which can be done, folks. A lot of people don't like real, you know. A lot of people, uh, I don't oh, know, they call be... it witch. They call it witchcraft. I don't know, but it's not. <laughs> Trust me. Palmer uh, peacock a... eyes. Sorry, you're going in. Apologize. No, no. I was just gonna say I have a, uh, you know, those like little uh, hot water uh, kettle things, you know, that like you just plug in and you can like pour water in it, and just flip the switch and it like heats up the water. Yeah, we got electricity in Australia. I know what you mean. Yeah, <laughs> so I got uh, uh, I have one of those on my tying desk. Oh uh, yeah, That's oh so it's I like tie it in the style. You know what I mean? Because I soak so many feathers in hot water that yep. I literally have a hot water pot on my desk. Interesting. On my why do you, why do you use hot water? Oh, you soak them. Anything like a peacock eye or a even a um, uh, an ostrich a tip like tip of an ostrich feather. Yeah. Uh, well, no. Re when you strip it, you want to you want to obviously soak it to strip it. But you, once you, you strip it, then you don't need to soak it anymore because it's already Because I was, was yeah. going to say this, to, I've been meaning to actually because you told me. I, I, you know, listeners will probably want to know. Like, I, I got some advice on stripping rear quills from you, and um, one of the things you said to me was like, you know, like soak it in the hot water, which I did. And then you said you, you put it back in the hot water. You put it back in the after, water after you done. After I do one side. Yeah, I do one side, and then I put it back in there. And let the oh, okay. Hang. To strip before you strip the other side. I'm gotcha. Yeah. Yep, yeah, yep. yeah. Okay, now I see what you're saying. Because I was, I stripped all my all the rear quills I own on the weekend after I after I tried my first feather wing. I was like, I'm gonna need all of this to get this. Yeah, and and I was like, is this gonna dry out or something like that? You know, but it doesn't dry out. It's it's beautiful. You can store it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, don't forget about ostrich. You can do that too. I haven't done it with ostrich um, yet. Um, I've got I've got a I've got a couple of sales here. Like I I always go through and I grade the sales that I sell and no one wants these shoestring saddles, you know. Like I I really like them. I keep them myself. I got one dude um um that, that, that likes them, Chad Ploy. He he gets them off. I let him know I got them and, and he gets them. But man, I put them up on the shop and they sit there for months. No one wants them, you know? And um oh. but like I've got these like I don't I don't feel like I need like you look at that fly I put up this morning, you can see if you look closely at it, you'll see that um, in the in the rear, I've got those shoestring saddles before the rear. Like it's um, mm -hmm. just I creating that. that yeah, it's creating that taper. And um, yep. Um, yep. so I, I build that like the 3D fly. Like I'll I'll um, I'll bring them increasingly closer to create that to build that taper. You know, um, mm -hmm. until I get to the length of the rear, then I'll start then I'll start the rear. You know, but uh, um, all that's I mean to talk about that. I I I hope people get in when when we talk about this, but I mean. Um, that all that is in that first tie-in. So I've been where I went wrong with one of them before, and I'll, I'll, I'll share with you 
on air here was like um, I was tying in that support bucktail like a flat wing, but only on the top. And I start uh, that, that one I did today. I did a I did a really sparse one clump of bucktail in the gape as well, um, which really okay. filled it out really nicely. You know, I thought. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's it's I've noticed that gap. I get that gap sometimes when I do like some peacock stuff and like some of the stuff when I do a real hijack tie of the bucktail. Yeah, I've noticed that personally in the water it usually comes together, no biggie. But it's like more of like a fisherman photo thing you know what i mean like, yeah i get it you know yeah, what i mean well, but like fear not though honestly if you because i know you're a fishing oriented guy fear fear not of that gap in the middle of that that shit comes together in the water no i i um i tied some to go to go fishing the other day but the flats i was hitting at were um were too dirty i was actually i, I know where i can i know where i could oh i won't talk about it but um but anyway i know i could have fed it to certain certain fish i won't talk about the fish but uh um um, there's too many, too many lurkers in, in Australia that know, know where I go. <laughs> That's why I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah. Um, why I'm laughing. <laughs> but I was confident to fish it. I took it out with me. I just didn't get an opportunity to, to, to fish it. But this one, the one I put up this morning, um, and I'd like to probably time like that again, cause you, it's good to feel good about your tie and be, look at it and go, yeah, I'm confident to keep that on all day for sure. But, uh, yeah, you're right. I, I've, I tried, like you said earlier, like, um, highly influenced by, by yours and and andrews and then that one i showed you of andrews like how do you reckon he's done this uh you know I, I did i definitely wanted to get as close to that before moving forward but um i could break that down for you if, if you like with this and it might help people as well if they want to get into it but i know Rhea's hard to get in australia um so you know you're probably not going to be able to really achieve it i suppose if you're listening to this but um um so i just did um do you mind you want me to, you want me to break that no, down please. for you I'm, yeah. I'm, no, I'm um, listening Intently. Yeah, so I, I did that. Uh, I did those two sparse clumps of bucktail. Um, I've got about four or five of those shoestring white saddles underneath, and I've got um, you know two grey saddles, and and I've got another. I've got three of those grizzly um, seafoam saddles over the top of that, just on that back clump, uh, and that's right. That's right at the bend of the hook, right? And then um, uh, and then I've just got that that um that rear, and I've just started palmering it forward. I've got the whole shank pretty much covered in palmer. Not not over any any dubbing or anything like that. Just 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 the rear, um, and then I get to the get to the front. And this is why it seems like a flat wing to me. But I'm I put before I started doing the next clump, I put a little little tiny little um, tuft of like a pink bucktail in there, and then I um I put That's another little by the way. yeah because yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the fly right now as you're describing it to me, and yeah. that that pink really sets it off. Well, really talk about trusting the process. Like that is that is that is five or six strands. You know, like you would yeah, look at that. Yeah. yeah, you would look at that and go, "Oh, there's not enough in there." Like, what if I spend the time to to advance forward with all these materials and put the JC on and all that sort of stuff, and it's not enough? But you know, like it's it's honestly, it's I mean, five is probably an exaggeration, but it's it's hardly anything, mate. It's not not enough to tie a wing on a clouser. Let's put it that way. You know, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, that's honestly that's mostly in what I deal with. Yeah, you know what I mean, like a lot of the most of the times, the clumps that I'm dealing with are like, and everybody should be this. Honestly, I'm not even kidding you. Everybody out there listening to me, please do the same thing. Like, yeah, every time you tie in a stack of bucktail, I don't even care. You should be like, there's nothing there. Yeah, really, because because <laughs> literally that means it's the right amount. Exactly, man. I, t- I totally <laughs> if agree. You're having trouble, if you're having trouble, you're using too much. <laughs> well, I think you'd have to look pretty close to see the next stack there, and like, I mean, you can see it if you know it's there, but. I've got like a, a same sort of thing, like you know, like you know, 
the, the, the tiniest little bit of bucktail in front of the rear. So I've got a pink mm-hmm. and a white on top of that, but it's, it's right at the bend of the hook. I mean, like at the eye of the hook, really. I've got like maybe, I've, oh, I'm going to talk in millimeters. We're going to we're going to fall over when we're talking about me- metric the imperial, but you know, I probably got about with maybe because it may- makes sense to me. You know, okay, well, I, don't, maybe, I don't do that fucking 622 twelfths of an inch bullshit. Just, oh, just yeah, I, it's too much math for me. Fine, <laughs> well, I've got, I've got probably 8 mil. I've probably got 8 mil of room between the back okay. of the rear palming and that. So they've got those two clumps there. Um, and then I've, um, I've chucked in another uh, I've chucked in another two those, um, of those seafoam over grizzly saddles there. I've got a, um, I've got a, a olive saddle. And then over the top of that, I think I put two olive saddle strands over the top of that. And then a um and then a, a tiny little pinch of um seafoam bucktail you can just see under the mm-hmm. under the peacock there. Um, mm-hmm. Then I um and then I um I individually I've been I've been I haven't been tying them in clumps but I individually tie in each strand of just with one wrap thread of wrap on it the peacock mm-hmm. just one 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 at a time. That way I can I don't have to use too much and I can distribute it evenly uh, like uh, um over sort of a quarter of the hook shank I guess you could say you know. Um, quarter of the hook shank diameter, yeah, and then um, and then I uh, I I I cut off and stacked that little bit of uh, rear at the front there, and I reverse tied that in, and then I I pushed it back and put a thread dam there, and then the mallard, then the jungle cock, and then some raidzap super thin to keep it all in place, and then I tamed it under cold water and uh, let it dry overnight, and there you go. Awesome. Is that a um uh? What is that backing feather for the eye again? Did you say that? I missed it. Mallard. Mallard. Okay. Yeah. You trimmed it round like that? No. That's um. That's, that's how it came. So. Oh. So it's a it's a big piece of mallard, right? And I just um I, I just, just say mallard. It's amazing. Mallard. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep saying it like you do. It's better. Mallard. Mallard. <laughs> I'll say it. You said mallard. If you like, is that better? <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, so that piece of mallard. Right, I've um. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was hard to find because it's. I had to get it from such a big piece, and I just um. And I got a massive bag of it, and I had it all out in my fly time bench trying to find two that were the same. It was a real oh, pain okay. in the ass, to be honest with you. See, but um, but it looks cool. It's um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, it's. I love backing feathers like that. You know, it's cool too, man. You don't have to uh be fiddly and try to tie them on top of each other like that have you ever heard of uh tear mender oh the glue yeah the glue. so if you use the tiniest tiniest little bit of tear mender yep you can set the feathers together like i do it all the time every time you see me do two feathers like on top of each other i'm yep. always doing the set them before i tie the fly and then i tie the fly and then i just time it oh okay uh, cool it, yeah it's like uh i learned it from uh one of Kelly Gallup's videos, like where he's doing a uh, gray ghost, like the classic, yeah. classic Carrie Stevens, you know, streamer. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's where that comes from. They use some kind of glue back in the day, you know, probably made out of like, I don't know, fucking milked otter or something or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but the, uh, uh, now they, you know, Terramender works great. Uh, I have a little bottle of it here. With my yeah. Okay. Just tiny little, tiny, like just dip the bodkin in it. And just yep. basically just wipe it up the you know uh, going with the grain of the of the feather just right along the rachis, yep. and you can just lay them right on top of each other. Let it dry, it dries clear. It's beautiful. And you do that so they don't 
like slide off each other. You yeah. won't slide, and they'll just be together forever. And you can just take it when it's time when you're ready. Just whoop, time in. That's yeah. It. Yeah. No, I'm. I'm um. I, I I like that idea. I didn't do it there, and I and I have. I really need to hold my tongue right to be able to put those feathers over top of each other without them sliding. Oh, like that in the dick. It's a pain in the dick, dude. I, yeah, I don't. I don't. It's. Uh, yeah. I. I always set them now. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't like doing it. If there's, there's one, a couple things, you know, that like I, I'm not a giver upper. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah. I, I'm assuming I'll probably try it eventually and try to, you know, get them to lay really nice. You know, and like Andrew does. Andrew, all those are just tied right in. Yeah, that's, well, that's what I've done. Surprise. That's not a surprise. <laughs> just, yeah, yeah. Well, he's a freak. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, man. I, I, I just, I have real trouble getting him to line up like that. Yeah. You know? Them. yeah no i i agree it's um you know there's there's other there's other flies that i do that uh what you're talking about there um particularly like deer hair birds um you know like i can't i put in the, in the deer hair bird wings and stuff like that i put i put about four or five feathers there i can't i can't put them <coughs> into this you know push them into the that tightly packed deer hair without you know put them gluing them together first big tip there is for that, people who are listening is that the wing setup is that the same one that um brook does for his birds yeah that- i don't know if, i don't know how many brook puts it's in there cool, uh, um, it's a really cool wing setup that actually is my favorite part of that fly i'm not gonna lie it's yeah like using using a stiff uh rachis and cutting it to use to get like the the base and then using layering a longer feather on top to get the length yeah, I've got some, uh, yeah, well, uh, you can still see with, um, I mean, brook ties are really good fly, but I've seen, that, like, I don't want to give up this secret, but, like, the difference between mine and a lot of others that I see is that, like, um, you won't have any taper running from the feather to the deer hair body, if you know what I mean. Like, it's be, it'll be, like, flat, and then the taper yeah. will go from the body to the point of the feather. There'll be no reverse taper back, okay. you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and I've got a trick for that, and I'm not ready to give that up yet. But, uh... <laughs> I'm, looking, I'm looking at one of your birds right now on Instagram. I'm trying to think if I can figure it out. I'm, I don't know. We'll talk about it later. Yeah, the, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll tell you off here. I'll tell Brooke, too, if he wants to know, for sure. sure. But, um, but everyone else can, um, you know, they can wait. <laughs> you can struggle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good. yeah, no, man, Pat Cohen came up with a great pattern with that. And, like, talk about... Um, a functional, like a function, a, a, a seemingly they fit, un. They fit good. I've never tossed them at all. I mean. Oh man, fish love them, man. Like it's um, when I, I I first fished them as a as a bit of a gimmick, I guess you could say. You know, like I was um um, I'll send you a picture of one now with uh, with multiple in there, and I'm sure you'll um like this. I did this one with jungle cock actually. It's um, so I did it with spades and nails with the with the feathers. You know what I mean? Um, oh, yeah. just I'm just sending it to you now. It's probably it's probably over the Cook Islands now. Oh, cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's dope, dude. Yeah, it's only little. You can see the size of the razor yeah, blade small, next to it. Right? It's like yeah, because you can see the. Uh, well, I know how big those feathers are. The you know what I mean? Well, there you the, go. Uh, yeah, yeah. Bottom uh, feathers on the on the JC Cape. I can I got a size for the feeling on that. I didn't actually even notice the razor blade. So you said something. Yeah, but yeah, that's well, cool, man. Well, the spades cool. are um. Spades are, are awesome feathers for doing that stuff, you know, because they're so stiff, you know. They're um, okay. they're really yeah, good. Yeah. I, I love using spades for the backing of the eye and all sorts of stuff, but 
um, that deer hair cicada fly that it came up with as well. Like that was the original wings on those was all spades. And as I was getting out of commercial fly tying, I was tying a few of those deer cicadas and it made me sad every time because I hate using up the jungle cock for other people. <laughs> <laughs> it's, um, I was like, oh, I mean, I can't keep tying these things. I'm going to run out of spades soon. And it's, um, yeah, I got some beautiful flames like this. The Like you can see the flight, like a flame, a spade flame and the back of that bird on the tail. Like um, man, they are they are more precious to me than the nails in in is that um in. Call flames? Is that the actual name of those things? Uh, well, that's what I've been told that they're called. Uh, they're, like they're the spades with the orange tip on the end of them. Yeah, with little orange tips on them. I like making extended eyes out of them. Yeah, they look awesome. Like, yeah, I gotta be really yeah. confident. They're I'll rare. Get a like, yeah, you yeah. only get a couple on them on them capes. Uh, they don't. And yeah, and actually, one of them, the the first cape I got didn't have any, but the the second cape i got now the one i'm working on now yeah they're not they're not on all of them yeah, yeah. they're not on all of them at all man it's uh it, they're hard to find i don't have very many at all like i'm going to be really confident to use them it'd be it'd be a display fly for me to use i reckon from for, to use yeah. them again now i don't think i'd use them to fish with but um yeah they look sick Hell yeah yeah um but yeah uh no, here man like putting them together like that's a, it's a great idea it's, it's also a good way to Actually, that'd be a good tip for people using um, um, hackle for claws on crabs. That's a real pain in the ass to yep. do them there to make them stay together like that. Actually, yep, that is actually that is a great application for that that I never even thought of. Yeah, but yeah, totally right. Yep, yeah, yep. for merkins and you have uh, another another fly called VGDC, um, which crayfish. was in uh, sorry, crayfish too. Any no, it's crayfish? a crab. It's it's um, uh, it's um. Um, my co-host who's normally here, he's the one who came up with that. He didn't name it, but he's, um, he came up with it to fit a, again, to, like all these flies, like we were saying earlier, like that, that are invent, invented somewhat have overcome a, um, a problem, you know, that hasn't yeah. been overcome before, you know? So it's, um, uh, and that, that VGDC is, is very much based on a Merkin, but, um, but, um, oh, we'd have to talk to him and be regard, but like he's made it. He's made it so you can, it's like an each, each way bet. You can strip that. A lot of people strip that VGDC crab fly to get an eat from, from fish, you know, whereas uh, the Merkin's okay. more of a, a slow draw or, or, or a slow sinking or a static sort of presentation, you know? Okay. Yeah. So, but okay. um, at the time, you couldn't take anything away from the Merkin from being, you know, king of the pile as far as crab flies are concerned, for sure. So he just, he just, he just Del, built it. Devil's Merkin or whatever it is. Uh, Del Brown, yeah, Del Brown's yeah, milking him. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. That guy uh, caught some permit in his life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm joking, dude. folks, because this dude caught, like, a shitload, <laughs> like, way more than, like, anything I think anybody else ever have, ever. Uh, people have, I think people have matched his, um, his, his tally oh, okay. now. Uh, okay. But it's taken a long time. Uh, and the records that he, you know, like, I, I can't remember, I, I'll butcher it, but it's something it's like. I know he has a couple class tippet records. Actually, I just saw one not too long ago. He yeah, like, like a massive permit on like ten pound tippet or whatever. Oh, know, less but. than like it's yeah. uh um the uh, I think one one of the records he did with a, a friend of mine, um, Dustin Huffman. He was explaining to me um, that I think that um, I, I I could butcher the weight in the class too, but I'm pretty sure it's like you know like a, a forty pound permit on like four pound, you know, and like. That the 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 um, edgier seat of of chasing that thing like was was yeah. crazy you know like it's um yeah through 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 coral and all that sort of shit but um yeah end up getting it done for sure 
awesome. Some of the some of the record chasing that Dustin talks about, even with with tarpon, you know, like uh, you know, catching catching like a like a hundred and sixty pound tarpon on 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 eight pound or something like that, just just crazy. Like I mean, it can it can be. What I suppose, I mean, like you know, oh, obviously it can be dumb people do. I I just uh, uh I do get it, like because I I at, before I got into uh, fly fishing, fly mm. tying really heavy, I was uh species fishing right like doing yep. a lot of multi-species stuff like chasing all for folks that don't know what that is it's like you chase every single kind of fish like from yeah. smallest minnows all the way up to trophy fish and what's cool about it is you learn like a lot of different stuff you learn like the techniques that go associated with you know everything from micro fishing to you know uh, uh trophy fishing and everything in between but you also learn about like species identification you know, which is cool. Uh, you learn how many how, how people are really terrible at it. And a lot of people are misidentifying fish left and right. But mm. the, uh, the yeah, so like uh, one of my things was, you know, to be a good multi-species uh, angler, you got to go ultra finesse, you know. So like my yeah. go-to was, was four-pound fluorocarbon. Uh, yeah. And, you know, ultralight reel. So, you know, and I, I know I put at least one 20-pound carp that rod yeah nice so, nice yeah i i i think the um you know a lot of those records that they've done down there in the keys and stuff have, have just put it to bed you know there's just they're just not they're not beatable you know but the, yeah. the lengths that they go to like fighting fighting all night you know like our uh, fish on for like you know like a, a, a literal day you know um, crazy. i mean and and their intention is to kill the fish because i mean to, to claim the record they've got to they've got to bring it in you know got to hang it up I don't like that. Yeah, I don't like all that shit. I don't know, man. Yeah, I, 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 don't, I can tell you right now guy. that they don't, they don't like it. It's, it's, a, it's an old school thing, and, and a lot of those guys have d put those records to bed to stop people from chasing them, you know, as well? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you know what I mean? Like is, that, I yeah, you're never going to beat this, you know. But some of the yeah. stories is crazy, like getting – getting like to put a gaff into the fish and getting pulled out of the boat, like and um, getting almost towed behind it like a, like a skier, you know. It's – um. Crane shark infested waters at night. You know, it's it's just right. it's wild, man. It's wild. Like, you can respect. I don't. I don't like the idea of killing the fish either. You know, to be honest with you, I'm big on conservation as far as um, you know, per, you know, perpetuating wreck angling and 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 such. You know, and um, not getting it taken away from us and and all that sort of stuff as well. But uh, um, I can at the same time I can understand it's a different time, but I understand the skill yeah. involved. You know. Yeah, it's definitely it was a different time there for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, nah, for sure, for sure, man. Yeah. So what's um what's on the uh, what's on the bucket list for you, August? Um, oh well, man, I want to catch a big, giant straight bass on a beast fly. Yeah, that's what I really want to do. Yeah, I haven't done that yet. I really want to do. That. Yeah, because my flies are out there catching stripers. Like you know, I'm a I'm like a you know a big fairly big section of my clientele are, are east coast striper dude you know yeah oh, i can see so why yeah it's uh it, it's kind of feels kind of not wrong but it just feels kind of weird mm. sometimes where i'm damn i'm not i haven't even fished these fish i've got you know people telling me i'm influential and i'm like i haven't even fucking landed <laughs> <laughs> you know it's crazy you well know? but i i hear so uh, that, that, get that, into, into your bucket list i will i will you know um give you a bit of praise in this respect august like for me i can't really respect 
you know, fly tires that don't that don't fish. You know, like you catch a lot of fish, man. Like I mean, and, and locally is something like it's it's another that's another tier of respect again. You know, like uh, you know, for for guys that that have that have to travel to to then that's their only fishing. I don't. I love traveling too, but you know, like um. You know, to, to have a mix between traveling and and uh, and and local species is yeah. is something I really respect. You know, or or even just if I was going to pick one, be local species. You know, because that's the most influential you can have on perpetuating the sport, in my opinion. You know, I think that uh, I think there's nothing gained from the smoke and mirrors of just just traveling for your fish. You know what I mean? Um, I agree. You know, it's um, it's it, you know, and I and I and I don't say that to attack anyone. You know, I, I say that as a as a mark of respect for yourself, and and in part, if anything it was to influence people, is is to is to perpetuate the sport without any thought of collateral damage of hurting people's feelings. When I say that, I don't mean to. I I would really just rather inspire people to get out there and catch fish on fly. You know, at the end of the day. Yeah. But um, as far as the fly tie is concerned, you know, one of like I said, one of the things that that influ- uh, impressed me about you, your flies and all that sort of stuff, August is um. Is, is is the fish you catch, man? You know, it's um, you know, it's um, it's it's very important. I feel as though that uh, you know, anyone who sells a car can actually drive, so to speak, right? Yeah, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah. I, I feel blessed in that area, honestly. Like, cause well, a for my personal me, I love to fish, right? Like, I just love to fish. That's why I started fishing, right? mm. or pardon me, that's why I started fly fishing. You know, it's just because mm. I, I I saw that it was a I don't want to, I'm going to sound like an asshole, but it's like a, a more elevated way to fish. Does that sound like? Uh, no, I, I don't, no, I, like, I don't I, look, it's, it, it, it could be without a bit of context here, but like, let me add a bit for you. Like, um, it's a, it seems to be a natural evolution to be like for a catch and release fisherman or a hunter of fishing or a lover of fishing to, to challenge yourself further or to have that, um, like, cause that was part of it for me, but also, um, Fly fishing became like a, a much more rounded way to enjoy the sport that I love. By that I mean, um, you know, tying the fly, the skill of learning how to tie flies. You know, in itself, for a lot of people, that's yeah. that's all they do, and that's great. You know, but the, to include that in the fishing and the hunting for the species that you want, and and you know, understanding to be able to make that to learn how to cast, it's another aspect that you don't have to really worry about with gear or conventional gear. You know, it's um, mm-hmm. you know, you can with conventional gear you can go buy a lure off the um off the shelf. You know, you can get a rod that's designed to, that anyone can cast with a little bit of coordination, and um, and you just and you're just reeling it in with a with a reel that's been you know it's got the drag for you, it's set for you, all that sort of stuff. Um, fly fishing is just a, a level up of of um of of a bit more personalized contact between between you, the approach, and the species you're chasing. And I think it's a natural evolution for for a lot of fishermen, really. At the end of the day. Yeah, no, one wants, good, no one wants to make their life harder. <laughs> yeah, that's true, right? I mean, yeah. it's 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 the way you say it's like uh, it's funny that you said that because when you said that, it made me think of something like of another reason why I love this so much is that like you said how people who uh, are gear fishermen they get they have to go to the store buy that lure they have to mm-hmm. right they are literally stuck with whatever is available right. Yeah, we aren't. That's right. I the only thing that's limiting us is our imaginations. Our, our imagination yeah. combined with the knowledge of of how the our material selection performs. Yes, for sure. Yep. Yeah. Yep. But like, totally yeah, that's agree. wow. That's a cool. Uh, 
something cool. <laughs> I just I never really thought about it like that. You know, thanks for that. Yeah, that, that's like, that's yeah. Oh, 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 I'm sorry. I was just gonna say like uh, uh just a little another aside to what you said about catching being like uh, how I said I feel blessed is like too also is like it's not just me. You know, now it's it's people that I sell my flies to are out there catching yeah. fish all over the place. You know, and and that shit is really crazy to me to think that you know a 12 foot long 350 pound air pipe is taking on one of my flies yeah you that's know? sick 50, man 51, 51 inch fucking musky you know taking on one of my flies uh 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 something else oh murray cod yeah uh, murray cod eating my flies dude i can't believe this shit you know that shit is awesome <laughs> yeah, that's sick. I almost get it, such a kick out of that, all, you know, just as much as I I, I do fish. So. Yeah, no, I, as as a former commercial fly tire myself, I I completely understand where you're coming from there. Yeah, there's um, yeah, man, it's a, it's a real buzz to, to to be a part of it. You know, it's uh, I think of it sometimes as a as a, as a like a real macro level and think to myself that fly that's sitting in that fish's mouth that I'll probably never ever get to catch has passed through my hands to be in that fish's mouth, you know, and it's just, it's just, it's a, it's a, you, you feel a connection to your customers captures for sure. I don't know if that's, I don't think it, I, I really can't quantify it as, as arrogance. It's just, you know, it's just being proud of it. Pictures like, of it. Hanging up on my wall, dude. What's that? Sorry. <laughs> you know, I have pictures of him hanging up on my wall. Yeah. That's you know? mad, man. That's it's awesome. Just, I don't even care. <laughs> you know, I don't even care. <laughs> no, well, it's, mate, a, it's, it's, for me, it's like uh, what do you call it? Inspire, inspiration. You yeah, know, uh, yeah, man. I don't, I don't think there's anything wrong with that at all. It's, I mean, you put a lot of effort in your flies. You put a lot of effort into the approach uh, to see that for the final result. To see the final result is something to be proud of and and happy of. And and um, you know, I don't think anyone would begrudge you for being um, you know, proud of yourself for 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 being part of that achievement for sure. I just, I'm I'm just happy to be here, man. Yeah, <laughs> I just can't believe this shit's working out. You know? <laughs> one one thing I wanted to talk to you on the show about before, because we can't up to two hours, believe it or not, and it's gone so fucking fast. But um, was the was the bucktail? Now I hope people yeah. listen to this who haven't listened to me talk about this before to let you know that uh, that like here's here's another bucktail aficionado in the US where the white tail comes from, who's going to tell you the same thing that that I told you. So stop asking me through beast brushes when when I'm getting long tails in again. Because we're gonna we're gonna talk about the reason why no one's accessing this right now, um, yeah. and um, you know what I mentioned on the show, and maybe you could confirm or deny this. August is that um, is that there is a group of, of of people that are outside of the fishing industry that have discovered bucktail, and um, yeah, and they are they are purchasing bucktail from the from the very sources that 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 you know the the fly fishing industry fly tying industry gets it from. And you know, quadrupling like the money that they're paying for it that 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 we would normally you know that would that would see it flood into what we do, right? Is that a good way to explain Absolutely. it? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. The 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 best places I've found now, you know, or like well, I'm not even going to say that. Like the the I'm going to say this: any uh, bigger wholesalers of bucktail now, uh, <coughs> airline. Or you know places like uh, you know uh, just I don't know, but like there yeah, we'll leave, leave leave names leave names out of it. But um, you're gonna okay. yeah, I, you can yeah. put me there because because time mate yeah. for that 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 I <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, 
you're going to see uh, their their quality go down even further. And I think that it's really going to come now into the hands of people that hunt and people that are, uh, uh, you know, it, it, that people that can find places where these uh, certain people are not at or not getting, you know, not being able to, to, to get yeah. their, uh, their hands in there. Well, uh, it's, it's fortunate, you know, it is, it, it's, uh, it's just one more. Like, look, Bucktail was fucked up even before that shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, yeah, the, it, like, it now got... it's just even worse, dude. It, it's, uh, uh, but it, it's, it is what it is. Look, it, it's, we're not going to, um, really get anywhere by complaining about it. No. <laughs> it, it, look, so, it, there's, there's pluses and minuses, man. You know, like, it's, um, there really is. Like, you know, like, you're right. It's, when I, when I first started, selling bucktail which which you know the beast brushes is only coming up to the fourth year i used to sell bucktail okay. like i mean you convert this to us if you like but this is australian dollars which is you know gonna sound like a bigger number than us dollars but um i used to sell them for like eight nine dollars a tail and could make money on them now i gotta i gotta sell i gotta sell them for like late 20s and i'm and and it's almost a lost leader for me like i for me to to me to put proper money on it, I, I would need to be in the in the mid thirties, you know, which is I just can't do it. I can't do it, mate. It's fucking, it's ridiculous. It's so fucking expensive now, and it's uh hard to get, you know. It, it, and like like the average for for good like for for good supplies, you know, like to have something that's um to, like I'm not talking about retails, but like people where people get it from, you know, like um like for a large amount, um, you know, like um you know to have something that's that's over four inches now is um. Is 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 incredible, you know? Um, the, it, yeah, be, because that uh, the standard that, now, and it yeah. that wasn't the standard even a couple when even Beast Brushes started. Uh, I guarantee you that wasn't even the standard. Oh man, yeah. I like I have when 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 uh, look, I'll I'll say this with all the all the confidence in the world. I know besides Brad Bowen, who was who was grading his bucktail by weight, I was the only one in the world who was grading bucktail by length, and um. And and I've still got those grades there. I know a lot of other guys do it now, and um, and it's probably a really good thing. But uh, personally, I hate competing with my own ideas. But that's another story. Um, um, <laughs> I can see how that could be a little infuriating. Yeah, it kind of sucks a little bit. But, uh, I'm anyway, sorry, man. I'm not laughing at you, dude. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's uh, that's just that's just business. But um, um, I've got I've got another th- three grades past four inch hair. Um, that I haven't been out of stock for the last it decrease. It's been decreasingly over the last two years. Let's say, like I would get some stuff in there that was I'd I'd occasionally have like, you know, when I first started grading stuff, I'd have like um yeah you know, six inch plus hair. You know, like it'd be minimum. Like I couldn't find any hair on the hide that was under six inches with with plenty that was sort of sitting around seven. Some some tipping out to eight, and I would sell yeah. those tails in there, and I'd probably get in my batches of like I'd get I get batches of like. 500 tails in and out of those batches like you know it wouldn't be unusual for me to get 70 or 80 that were sitting around that you know um oh. now if i get um i get a batch of 500 tails i'm lucky to get 70 to 80 that are sort of sitting around four inches most of it is three and a half inches you know and um yeah. and and the reason the reason is is because that group that we talked about there they their desirable length is is four and a half inches plus and um yeah and if That's i was to read if, if I was to buy 
the the tails at their at the price that they're paying and retail them here in Australia, I'd be selling tails for I have to sell tails for seventy dollars each, and, yes, and that's and that's still not great, you know. Doesn't it's, it does not surprise me? It's ridiculous, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. It's yeah. um, you're right, man. Yeah, uh, I don't even know what I was going to say. <laughs> well, I was going to expand on the pluses and minus thing. You know, like it's um, one of the pluses for it uh, would have to be skunk. You know, um, the discovery oh, yeah, of skunk. Yeah. You know, like it's uh, yeah, yeah. if if I still had six inch plus bucktail, I wouldn't even look twice at skunk. I'd be like, what a novelty! That's cool. Give me a tail, yeah. and it'd probably sit there for a couple of years until I could be fucked using it. You know, but now, um, in a search for for an alternative bucktail, I'm blown away at how how similar that stuff is the bucktail is is the cl- i used to think night was the closest with... we're going to come I, I, I need to mess around with it more uh i've tied a couple flies with yeah i've tied a couple flies with it but i really need to like go into it you know what i mean i'm gonna really see what can be done with it uh, uh it's uh it's cool and i like it's, it i like it it's fun it's uh it's, um, it's like you said it's like a novelty it's exciting yeah yeah <laughs> So there's, I mean, I've fucked around with it quite a bit. I've, I've, I've been, um, I haven't put this up publicly. I, I'm, I'm sure I've sent you pictures of this actually. I'm bleaching it, and um, I've tried. Oh I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I can bleach it. I can make it go like a real platinum blonde color completely. I can, but I can't, I can't dye it from there. To to go through the, go through the process of bleaching and then dyeing it, it kind of ruins it. Yeah. But I haven't. I mean, I don't have a lot of skunk tails here, so I don't have a lot of rubbish that i can uh, experiment with so that's a bit limiting for me but uh i i dyed one for brooke actually um this week i dyed it black like so which would you think why would you dye yeah, a skunk tail black, black? but thing. yeah black's the whole thing took all the white out of it um and mate it is it's so nice i'm gonna do it for myself as well to tie like a, a black beast or something like that with you know but um i find awesome. it i find it more forgiving than bucktail to be honest with you you know as far as for reverse tying like softer like even well, like a, I, a, a not softer, like i can't describe it like i will I'll let me describe let me try and go about it this way i find the properties of skunk for reverse tying similar in bucktail in that it's got its own structural integrity it won't collapse it'll maintain that pre-tensioned um you know height on, over the shank so which will which will stay there in the water and all that sort of stuff but okay. you know um you know when you get like sub quality or you get like you know you you start to reach into the sort of the butt of the tail when you because you have to and you get some of the stiffer stuff and it won't lay over it won't create that nice arc when it's tamed you got to actually push the thread dam over it to get to create that taper yes you know um you don't have to put the thread dam over skunk as far as you do with bucktail that's a good way to put it i didn't realize i was going to say that but um that's a that's a pretty probably pretty good way to describe it but in the past, I've tried reverse tying Nyat before, um, which you can do. It's very, very soft. It's probably you know it's more of a gimmicky thing to do than than um, than, a, than an effective thing to do. Um, hang on, hang on a sec, mate. Uh, sorry, I just had a courier just rock up and drop some stuff off. Um, new Arex orders just rocked up, um, which is great. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, um, big bunch of steel. Um, so oh, yeah, that's it. So I was just gonna say it's a good way it's a it's a good way to describe it like the 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 forgiveness of of skunk compared to bucktail in that respect. Um, now when I when I when I steam when I steam bucktail, um, I get I get the skunk acts exactly the same way. You know, like it's uh it steams the same way, which would indicate it's got a pretty similar uh, property of buoyancy in it 
that, that Bucktail's got, you know, to create that creates that action that Bucktail has. Now I, I fuck around with steaming a little bit, feathers and, and, and some stuff here, but what uh can I ask you why uh what's up with the bucktail? So you ste- when you steam bucktail, like it uh, it makes it like any kinks or any any sort of bends in it just goes straight, you know? Um, in the rawhide or in the hair? Uh well if I do it in the hide, like I can just I can I can flatten the um I'll do it to flatten the soften the hide to straighten it out. You know, like if it's all twisted like a twisted gumboot, you know, yeah. I'll just um I'll steam it, and it will um and it will completely um uh like you can manipulate it and, and hold it down till it till it cools down and it'll be nice and flat. And that way, I can see everything that I'm using on the tail. It's it's much easier to use the tail, particularly when you're you're purposely picking different parts of the tail for different parts of the fly. I like it that way. It's also good for seeing how much you got left, whatever you know, all that sort of stuff as well. Oh yeah, yeah. So I, I think um, I've never um I mean I. I... I've used it for like cowlick hair on the tails, you oh, know, yeah. like yep. where it'll like, you know, like at the base of the tail, sometimes it, it it's a curl yep. one way. Uh, that's when I've implored the steaming uh, and, and straighten those, you know, uh, at yep. least a little bit, you know, to try to get them. When you buy your, well, I never feathers. actually used it for the, for the rawhide though. Yeah. Pardon? Yeah. It's good. It's good for like, straightening out the hide for sure as well. Um, when you buy your emu feathers, are you buying it stuffed into a bag, or are you buying them straight? They come in a bag, but they are straight. I get them from a milliner, milliner, mil, mil, a hat place. A place oh, yeah, that makes okay. I don't, I don't get them from a fly shop. Okay, gotcha. Uh, I get them yep. from a from a hat maker. Yeah, so yep. they come uh, just uh, in a bag, but they're all flat already. They're like pre-selected. Yeah. So the way cheap we get too, them- way cheap. I'll give you the link too. They're fucking way cheap you don't need to buy me like mail i got i got like pillow sacks full of emu feathers man oh, okay. <laughs> i sell them here as well but uh, they come they oh, come okay. like they come stuffed in a bag um and when i first got emu feathers um sent to me from a friend of mine uh nick Knipp, his name is um uh they were stuffed into a bag as well i'm like what the fuck am i meant to do with these nick he goes i don't know you could try steaming them but they should they should be right once they're in the water um Anyway, and um, so I, I, I just grab them over a kettle, like just a tiny little hole in the kettle, hold the butts with pliers and put over steam. They spring out to brand new in about, you know, like three ways over steam. It's incredible how well they perform like that. So any feathers like that, like um, any saddle or whatever. But um, the real benefit of steam probably isn't so much with bucktail, but it's with, with deer hair, you know, like if you're spinning or stacking deer hair. Um, oh, yeah, you can get it to stand up, right? Yeah, so I'll I, even if I I'll pack it on so tight you can fucking sand it, you know, and um and uh, yeah, yeah. and and then um and then before I trim it, I'll go and um I'll go and steam it, which then everything looks like it's being shocked with electricity, you know. Then I'll then it's so much easier to trim. Then I'll trim it, and then I'll go steam it again after I've trimmed it. And it's amazing what trapped hairs just pop out, just straighten out in between it. And then and then I'll trim it again, you know, just give it a quick trim over the top again with another brand new razor, and and then once that thing gets wet. If you don't do that second steaming and trimming, it, it it gets really ragged in the water, you know. But um, but if you second steam it and trim it, it looks as brand new as as as, as that second time you trimmed it forever, basically. Oh, right on. Yeah, yeah. No, steaming is, and that's something that's um, you know, like uh, uh I think I was telling you the other day that I, you know, I've got those fly tying videos up on my up on my page, my website. Um, and I was pretty mindful of, of only putting things up that, that aren't 
that you don't see available anywhere else. I haven't seen a deer, <coughs> hair, a deer hair tying. There's a couple of techniques I got in there that I I know that aren't available uh, elsewhere for free to free access videos for sure with um you know stacking and um you know packing tight and and getting those dots yeah. lined up and stuff like that. But the steaming aspect of it is something that I haven't seen anywhere else. And I I I, I you know, I, I think once people see that their benefits of steam with natural materials, be it saddles, capes, whatever feathers, emu, whatever, bucktail, you know, like it, to have a have a steam product before you start working with it as far as bucktail or even skunk's concerned, it's so much nicer, so much nicer to use, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. It really is. Yeah. No, it's, it's um, a lot of the skunk hides I get are really twisted up as well. So I steam all those and, and open them up. And I've kind of got to do that anyway when I advertise them because I – I, I photograph them all individually. Okay. You know, so you can't see – skunks are a really hard thing to photograph and show because you really need to show both sides because unlike bucktail where you can't use the back of a bucktail, um, you can use a skunk tail all the way around the head. Well, you do – no, okay, no, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. Like, you, you absolutely can. That's and a I, more I, advanced that, – that's a more I, advanced I, – I realize a lot of people, like, they might hear me say that and be like, what girls are talking about? What I'm referring to, folks, is that uh, when you reach a certain level with bucktail, you can realize that those back hair, the B side, yeah, yeah. Uh, of the <laughs> tail, is, uh, is, uh, does have certain uses. Well, but, you know, let me reword they're, that. They're limited. You know, yeah, so. they are. They, 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 you would, then yeah. you would, I'm sure you would agree then, this is a better way to put it, that the B side is not the same same feel or quality or, or has the same application as the A side. Completely different. Correct. And but but usable all the same. So yes. In in, yes. in relation to, a to, to yeah, in relation to skunk, skunk's <coughs> all A side. Oh, way. okay. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, all the way around, man. Like you get the all the way around the tail. The the yield you get from a skunk tail is arguably better uh some tails are some tails aren't as dense as bucktail you know okay but um but you use it all the way around yeah the one i had the one i got i just got one skunk tail the base of it had nice long seven and a half inch really long uh you know hairs on it but then it it sloped out towards the end and the top half of it was like shorter maybe four inch yeah i get that's like bucktail i suppose right Similar thing, uh, kind of more drastic, way yeah. more drastic. Yeah, some some bucktails are like that too, though. Like you can have yeah, you can have five inch hair on the on that nice three quarter of the way down section, but on the tip they'll be one inch. You know, some of them. You ever seen it? Can, ones be, it can be extreme like that. Different, uh, like two different, distinct different lengths of hair overlapping each other. You ever seen Say that, that again? It's like two distinct. It's a bucktail I'm talking about, but it's like two distinct uh levels of hair like oh, yeah. on top of each other like they're not they're not like melted together in a nice uh cohesive fashion they're like distinctly different there's like one two inch section of hair and then there's like a three and a half inch section of hair and they're yeah. separate by a distinct line it's crazy it's like weird yeah. exactly but like again too we're talking about bucktail one thing i actually kind of wanted to mention to people listening is uh you know, you hear us talk about how we want long hair, which is true. But uh, I, the more I tie with bucktail, the more I love uh, a good short tail. Yeah, yeah, because yep. you 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 need those short tails because you can't cut long 
hair to be short. You can't cut long buck hair. Hundred percent. I totally fly. agree. If I find your if I find out you're doing that, I'm gonna come to your house. <laughs> don't yeah. be doing. That, all right, I'm serious. This shit is too valuable nowadays. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I tell oh. you the the short a short bucktail. I've got a whole. I've actually got a tub of it here. I've been meaning for months to advertise like under two inches. You know, it's um. Oh yeah. It, yeah, I've got yeah, a whole heap nice, of soft white, super soft sub two inch yeah. bucktail. It's like might have to might have we'll we'll talk after this because yeah I, yeah I, I but, love that for things like the throats. You know, like on like at the front of bellies front of like, yeah, bellies, yeah, the front of flat wings. You know, like uh, you got that short stack at the chin, so it doesn't doesn't um. It doesn't uh, foul on the hook where you got long, long, long stack at the back, whatever. But like you said there, like you know, to cut down long hair is not the same as using that full taper from the hide all the way to the, the, the base. You know, like from the base to the tip, like and using the full length of the hair, like which is what you should aspire from to when you're selecting bucktail to use the full length of the hair completely. I know, in my opinion, so it's um, you know, so this is where the concerning when it comes to choosing bucktail now. Yeah, I swear to you. If I have to cut off more than a, a, like a half an inch, um, I can't. I can't yeah. do it. About yeah, a half. I'm the same. My is my cut is my cut off. I'm gonna yeah, look. I'm for the same. Hair. That's it. You know. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, everybody like should it. be like that too. By yeah, the way. I agree. <laughs> so a fly like a three D fly, where you you know you're constructing that tape, but it might take more than one tail, or you know you might oh, work yeah. your way around from the tip to the base of the tail, even yep. if you only got one yep. tail. You know. Yep. 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 Yeah, and um, you know the three fly is actually kind of one of almost the exception to the rule of uh, cutting the hair short because when you taper it, for, especially for those last couple stacks on the on the on the belly and even that last head uh, top wing stack, yeah, you taper that hair so much that you actually do cut like a good portion of it off. But you're it's going to a good use, so I can uh, I'll allow it. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm hearing you. Um, just getting back to what you're saying about like you know the guys who have got long hair, I was going to point out some examples of the, of people that I I know um, are doing what you're saying. So like um you know if if you're seeing someone now who's who's you know got fresh long hair, yeah, you know, there's a chance that uh, there's a chance that that's that they they they're, they're they're hunting or they're cutting off roadkill. Now like um I was speaking to um just messaging back and forth with Ben Ben Wiley the other week, and um and he was telling me that it's 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 hunting season for him. He's he's about to start bow hunting. Yeah. His deer. I don't see him post anything on his page about bow hunting. Maybe he does. Maybe I miss it. Or whatever. But that dude, that dude only needs to like you know like um or even even if he gets one deer for himself, you know he only needs to know another couple of guys who's like who don't use the tails to be like, can I have that tail and have five five tails for the season? You know, and that that'll probably probably get him by. You know, you know. I guarantee you, he has people that yeah. That and then you got don't tie flies that. Give just probably just give him straight up triple A tails. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. Don't 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 use it. Aren't going to use just going to use the meat or um, might make a mask or you know a mount like that and just th- not have any use for the body at all. It's uh yep. absolutely. But then you got guys like uh, my friend Mark Burns uh, and I and I actually I'm not going to be confident enough to say he's got this, but I'm I got a feeling he does. Um, like uh, got a winch. He got winches in the in the or maybe you know people like this got like a. A winch in the in the garage for for hauling oh, for in like roadkill, yeah, like to, to yeah, eat. Yeah. You know, like people, it's not yeah. uncommon. I hear is that is that true? Yeah, a lot of people have that. It's so crazy. <laughs> oh, I totally get it. It's just it's so far. Like, like 
the equivalent of Australia would be kangaroos, right? As far as like uh, an overpopulation of a, of a house in heaven, dead ass kangaroo hanging. Oh man, roos, get it, it like. If you drive, if you're driving more than half an hour, you don't see a dead roo on the side of the road somewhere. You, you, something's wrong, you know. Like they're yeah, they're everywhere. They're, they're, they're probably everywhere. Right? They they are, man. They're, there's so many kangaroos here. It's not it's not funny. It's uh they're they 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 cull them. They you know like there's professional shooters that do nothing but that that shoot roos because of the huge population of them. You know, so wow. I I would imagine that that deer would be from what I understand. I'm not, I'm obviously don't live in the U.S. but um. I I obsess over things that are a big part of my life, and bucktail is a huge part of my life. To understand, you know, the pop the pop dense population densities of white-tailed deer and where they're from, and even from trying to source where to, where to buy it from from um, from lesser-known sources. You know, like you got I got to kind of learn all this stuff. But I've learned that you know, like there's a huge population of like a problem overpopulation of 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 deer in in a lot of parts of the US, right? Particularly sort of around where you live, and definitely where um. Yeah, Mark and 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 uh, Ben live right. You know, yeah, in um, a lot of places there are a lot of them. Like there, you know, we see them in our backyard all the time. Like there was yeah. one uh, the other day. <laughs> there was one. In the, <laughs> there was one the other day. It was a. Uh, there's a railroad tracks that's right near my backyard. Right, maybe yep. uh, about uh, pretty close. Maybe like a hundred feet. Maybe like no, no, that's. Like two hundred feet, right from my backyard, yep. there's there's a railroad tracks, and uh, there's a deer uh, trail. These deer, they use the same game trails like all the time. Like, and then yep, if, they, if they like idea. something, yeah, if there's like something that like somebody puts in the way, they'll just like go around it, but then they'll still follow the same trail. Apparently, yep. the, the deer trail in my town here, in, where I live in Minnesota, is like hundreds and hundreds of years old. These deer have been using this trail, so yeah, the. Well. Uh, the uh the other day there was some deer out in the backyard and uh our neighbor had given us a bunch of apples because the tree it just like uh got cold here now now it's like a it snowed like last night. i woke up to an inch of snow this yeah. morning so that was a fucking amazing thanks for this that morning yeah like uh uh the, so uh but last week there was like some deer in the backyard and i did mm. apples right so i like <laughs> i was like trying to i was gonna give the deer an apple like chuck it at him you know yeah and, like fucking had to throw it hard i was like whoof right i hoofed this fucking apple at this deer <laughs> i'm not a fucking major league pitcher right like I'm fucking, yeah yeah <laughs> the deer the, the thing goes like you know half three quarters of the way hits the ground the apple rolls right rolls towards his deer hits the deer on the leg right and the deer like it just bounces off of his leg and the deer just like looks up it and just like looks up and just doesn't do anything and just walks into the woods I was like, what the hell? I was like, he's not going to come out. And like, as soon as I said that, the deer like turned around and came out and grabbed the apple and like <laughs> ate the apple. And like, fuck off. <laughs> I don't know. Like, big one with an apple the other day. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. A frozen one? Frozen apple? Uh, no, it was like a half rock. Uh, like, it was like one of the not bruised. It was like badly bruised. Uh, gotcha, gotcha, apples. gotcha. They, the neighbor gave us a whole shitload of apples. Like, enough yeah, to yeah. make like an apple cider or applesauce or something like some of them aren't don't don't look all that great gotcha yeah yeah you couldn't do that with ruse man ruse um yeah but, I, I mean you probably probably dogs could. and shit they what sorry do they attack people's dogs and shit i heard that yeah if there's water nearby kangaroos will drag dogs into the water to try and drown them. they'll do that with humans too if they can if they're big uh, enough 
They got those fucking hands, right? Yeah. <laughs> They've got <laughs> those hands. Yeah, dude. If they touch they me, they'll probably... Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, man, I saw I saw a, a, a comedy special, uh, a U.S. comedian called Shane Gillis. Have you heard of him? Yeah. I know Shane Gillis, yeah. Yeah, he, have you seen his special on Netflix? So he does, there's a, there's a video getting around where um, an Aussie guy, his, his dog was getting attacked and he can't, he punched it, you know? Yeah. Have you, yeah. Have you seen that? And Shane Gillis <laughs> does this, this impersonation of the kangaroo. God, it's hilarious. There's no way that I'll ever communicate it over an audio thing. I know but, what you're talking about. Oh, you it got to see through. it. Just like, oh, I laughed. I laughed yeah. so hard when I saw it, man. It was, it was, it was. He goes, he just did it. No words. He just does the impersonation of the kangaroo, not the guy. And yeah. um, and he's like, if you've seen the video, you know exactly what I mean. The whole crowd's cracking. Everyone's seen that video. It's uh, yeah, yeah. That's uncommon, mate. People don't go around. Kangaroo's like like a fucking all muscular. It looks like it'll fucking beat somebody's ass, right? They um they they yeah look um I mean they're for the for ninety nine percent of the time they're pretty passive, you know, like they're okay. but they but they'll stand their ground. Like if you um if you <laughs> they they won't come up to you and 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 attack you, um yep. you know like you can there's golf course ponds they love golf courses you, you golf course ponds okay. you fish and. In the afternoon, actually, I shouldn't say that on a public thing because it's kind of trespassing, but they're, they're, they're good to fish. Um, and there's roos everywhere, you know, and, and if you come up one at low light and they'll stand their ground, like, you know, they'll let you know. They'll they'll hiss at you. They'll and make some weird noise like that. But if you get real close, like, they, they stand on their tail. Like, they use their tail and they, they, they push you with their legs. And, um, you know, like, their, their, their claws on their feet are, um, with some of the bigger ones. Yeah, they shred you up, right? Yeah, they can really open you up. You know, for sure. Like it's um, they they you know like that when they fight each other, um, I've heard people say that like you know that they there has been other animals or them that they've they've come close to disemboweling with those those claws on their feet. You know, um, yeah. yeah. But I mean, that's nothing compared to 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 drop bears. You would have heard of them, right? Drop bears. Yeah, I mean like polar bears. Um, kinda like you don't hear a lot about it. Like the Australian government goes to great lengths to like it's really anti-tourism stuff. It's pretty they're pretty frightening creatures that I don't think that they're really publicly. You Google if you if you Google drop bears, you'll 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 see them now. But yeah, drop bears are like um they're like a they're like a carnivorous koala bear, I guess you'd say. And um they call drop bears because they sit. They hey? fucking kidding me. Yeah, you're on Google are now. You you're looking at it. Are you? Look at these things. Everybody listening to this. Google fucking drop bears. Yeah, a lot of lot of tu- lot of tourists. Yeah, a lot of tourists and backpackers have like lost their lives, you know, to drop bears. Like, they just they just hang in trees and they just drop down. That's what they, they they land on top of you and they'll drag you back up to the tree, sort of thing, you know. And pretty wild. They look like folks. Hey, look. Hey, I'm just gonna do my best to describe it. It looks like a. Uh, koala bear but the uh mouth parts on it are that of a uh grizzly bear yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, they probably stand as tall as a as a grown adult male as well you know are you fucking kidding me that big yeah they're pretty frightening man are, they're not real common like i mean they're yeah, dangerous are they are they like carnivorous or are they yeah they uh, kind of they they don't they they just eat meat you know but, uh, I think before uh, European settlers, um, you know, uh, they they were probably dining on kangaroos a lot. You know, probably probably yeah. koalas. You know, wow, that's the first time I've ever heard of this animal. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Wow, thanks pretty, for 
Yeah, you don't. You don't look. It's there's probably a lot of animals in this lot of countries that you know, like uh, you know, that um, probably keep hush hush because they're probably not good for business. But that's one of them for sure. There's too many snakes and spiders in Australia and crocodiles to um to that distract yeah, you... people from from things like that from the drop bears. That's right. <laughs> well, look, August man, we've been talking for two and a half hours, dude. I think we might need to put a ribbon on this, man. Yeah, man. Well, I'll, I'll come back whenever you want me to. Whatever you call me, call me up whenever you want. <laughs> yeah, let's do let let's do this again. Let's nerd, nerd out on bucktail and pop flies again. This this has been cool. For sure, man. You know I'm All always right. down. All right, cool as dude. Well, um, thanks for your time, and uh, mate, I'll I'll chat to you off off air, dude, for a sec. But um, I'll let you go for the recording now. Thanks, thanks again, man. Thanks for having me, man. Oh, August. just tell people where to find you. Oh, just uh, Instagram is the best way to get a hold of me. You can just DM me if you want to be BS about fly tying or uh, uh, have a question or whatever, want some flies or whatever. Uh, just August on the fly. Cool. Thanks, dude. All right, man. Thanks, Chris. Talk to you, man. Okay. You're right.